Welcome in for a late night episode of the XFL Insider Podcast. I know we're all reeling from our, our intense week. I uh, want to welcome Zach Kyleman to the show. Zach, man, has this been as crazy for you as it has been for me and the other XFL cohorts? Well, in the words of the uh, talks about merger, it has been a 50-50 craziness because I would say I equally am am uh, twisting through many things through my uh, mental space right now with this whole thing. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a week. Um, exciting, uh, very much still sorting through the weeds type of week. I mean, there, I could say so many other words, and there's a whole <laughs> episode we're doing about this right now. So <laughs> I, I imagine, like you, you're implying, it's probably very similar for you. So yes, sir. definitely, definitely the same vibes. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I did not think we would be having this conversation um, right now in September. It's still discussing year two for us in the XFL would be year three for you with the USFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, this stuff seems a little premature, but what can we do except hold on and enjoy the ride, I guess? Uh, a lot yeah. of different rumors, a lot of different stuff coming out. I mean, it's been a week. And, and I want to say first and foremost, you know, what we talk about today on the show, this isn't, this isn't what's happening. This is what we've gathered that's happening. This is information that's been released from sources of folks that, that say it's true. And mm-hmm. we're sticking to, I, I feel like me and you both, I mean, we kind of talked before the show started. We're sticking to the most, I guess, basic rumors that we've heard because we both heard different things that could also be applied to this situation that probably won't help any of the fans at home swim through this right i mean looking for the most concrete stuff because i mean again talk pre-show type of discussions you know regular for podcasting but just for this one in particular you know i tell you i've heard things but i don't feel 100 percent confident sharing them because i'm still trying to figure some stuff and make sure I'm not spewing anything that adds to any tension and you're the same way. And I think that's the right way to go about it. You know, the most concrete items from people that we have trusted, not only that, but have heard from them and many others backing up saying, yes, yes, yes. I am all seeing the same thing. That's it. And then we can still speculate because I think that's a lot of people right now is, you know, you see every day, you go on Facebook, you go on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. I mean, there's people throwing hypotheticals out there. There's people kind of trying to look at the angles of some of this reported pieces or material. And I don't blame you because there's a lot of questions, even with what's out there right now, that is even the most concrete of items to talk about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we dwell into these these conversations, I just want to highlight AJ McCarron has signed to the Cincinnati Bengals to their practice squad. Happy for him, but this wasn't too good of a sign for me personally. Uh, uh-huh. He was the face of this league, I felt, and, and many others felt the same. So hopefully he's taking an opportunity that he knows is, is going to turn into something concrete and, and real for his career. And I believe he is because I don't think he'd just be chasing a check at this point. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, either way, you know, first off, getting back to another potential shot in the NFL is always big. Doesn't matter, you know, if you've been in there several years or not. Um, if you were getting your first real, I think, look at a practice squad, that's great. 
Um, I will tell you, it does hurt because uh, if you see, I got a Rock the Dome shirt. That that's my team. So like that that was gotcha. a vital piece. I did follow the Battle Hawks on the side as my team. You know, in XFL terms, so that one hurts for sure. Definitely a leader. Definitely a great, fantastic face. Not only for the Battle Hawks, but for the XFL as kind of the one that's talking about the benefits of spring football and especially the XFL's brand of spring football and what they're doing for players. Um, but no, it's good for him to get back there to a team, funny enough, a team he used to play for. Yep, yep. Um, and not only him, uh, Reed Sinet getting signed too. I, I had to double check to make sure that this was still the case, but the Bengals do indeed have four quarterbacks on roster, two on practice squad, and apparently they had the room. Yes, they had to release have a release made to get McCarron in, but they have the room to fill the practice squad. So yeah, Sinet and McCarron both representing the XFL on the Bengals. Yeah, and then judging from what's happening there, they somebody should get some looks. Not sure who, but at this point, I mean, it, we're not trying to get into NFL stuff, but Burrow does appear to be injured somewhat. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I imagine that's uh, part of its insurance, you know, because, I mean, say, you know, you never know. Like, if you have to go to Jake Browning, then it'd be good to have three QBs, one you can elevate. McCarron, to me, probably gets the elevation if that were to happen. But, you know, it doesn't hurt if you have two extra slots. I don't blame you either. And uh, that's the name of the game, he says. But still, I mean, fantastic. Like, celebrate these. As you know, we celebrate these moves across the podcast and across the community, across the you name it, because it's 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 good for the leagues. You know, it, yes, it shows that you're getting better film con and content for players. And the leagues are looking at these players that were there and saying, yeah, absolutely. I need to look at these guys. So. I love it. I do love it. I know it hurts a little bit, but at the end of the day, it is a net positive. That's a good thumbs up from me. Agreed. Agreed. Now I want to share some comments that we have some people watching. We got the predator couple. So they're, they're big Houston roughneck fans down there. I don't know if you're familiar with their, their, uh, their fandom. They have customized predator masks that I'm I'm sure you've seen it by now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're really, really big on their Houston Roughnecks. So they said, save the Houston Roughnecks. I mean, and speaking of that, they've actually started mm-hmm. a petition to save the Houston Roughnecks. And that's why I wanted to review that quickly, uh, I guess, since we're there. Oh, yeah. Where is it? At? Here we go. So, yeah, so they started a petition right here. I mean, it, it's legitimate, and there's already people that have signed it. We're looking at, where's the signature? 110 signatures so far. I think they started this morning or this afternoon. So it's good traction. Yeah. 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 Traction. Just wanted to note that. I mean, we see a predator couple. You're doing what you can for your team. And I mean, just know at the end of the day, it's, it's not all you. So doing what you can is appreciative though. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, you can make your, I would say even with them having discussions, you know, right now, um, supposedly in Los Angeles is what's been going on. Uh, you know, still make your voice heard. I think that's a good example of that because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, they are, there's going to be consolidations with this merger. Um, and that's one of the rumors going around is that what's the Houston name? And, you know, I know there's been talks of the gamblers taking the Roughnecks name. And I think that's why that petition's come up. Um, and yeah, having your voice being in the crowd, you know, I, I I think that's going to be a common thing. We're going to see a lot of people put their stuff out in very passionate ways from both sides of these communities, and we've already seen that, as you've seen on social. Um, 
but yeah, this is going to continue. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what that happens. What do you, what do you think is the best methodology there? Like that petition's a good thing to use if you want to show interest in a brand. So I don't knock for that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, personally, your biggest impact as a fan is probably going to be social media. I would say if, if your voice is loud enough and your fandom, I mean, most of them are it's like the predator couple. I mean, they're a well-known couple or, or character amongst the XFL fans mm-hmm. uh, that that's going to be a big, 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 big benefit for them if they can get some traction on social media. So this online petition should work, should work well. I mean, it's legitimate. They're not causing an uproar. They're, they're doing something that's, I mean, it, it's respectful and, and impactful at the same time. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I just kind of feel bad for people such as them because they're they're sitting here in, in La La Land like we are, waiting for something, wondering yeah. what's going on. I mean, it, it it's a tough time right now. Uh, guys in the comments, I see you shooting out questions. Try to save them towards the end, and I will ask Zach as many questions as he'll let us. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm up for them. But, yeah, like, there's still – I mean, geez, I'm looking at our little rundown here today. I mean, we got – got so much to break down between just you and I that I imagine this question inbox on the side here will fill up real fast. And we're already on it with just the Roughnecks Gamblers discussion for Houston. <laughs> yeah, we haven't you know got into saying? it yet. Yeah, yeah. So let's just dive on to it then. Um, let's talk about the merger, man. It's, it's the big talk of the town. Uh, Axios dropped their article, I think, Tuesday morning. And yes. that's what began this this roundabout of information. Um, Axios is known to be pretty legitimate in what they're releasing, and and they don't, you know, there's not many false things said by them. Um, you know, when we started, I'm gonna pull it up on the screen. When we started mm-hmm. the rumor talk, it was talked about being a 50-50 split, combine the teams, sixteen teams possibly, and, and the rest would kind of be worked out. Um, but as we know, uh, things change very quickly. Uh, I had Mike right. Mitchell on Tuesday and we discussed this, this same topic for probably two hours. Um, and he was very, 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 it, I mean, he told me exactly what was going on from his end. Uh, two, two football people came up with this idea and took it to the head honchos in charge. And then they took that to the USFL to have these talks or discussion in a basic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Axios article, they have three different sources listed, uh, but there's not really a, a, a who or what or when. Right. But, I mean, from your opinion, do you feel like this article from the start is legitimate and accurate in what it's saying? Oh, I, I have no doubt in my mind. Axios has been has been a consistent media player Um I mean, they're back. I mean, credit if you want to dig into the background, they're backed by Charter Communications. But, you know, even then, that's still, it's been a credible source for journalism for a while. It's referenced on multiple news outlets as a source for pieces. And I think what's even more telling, not even just the, I think the company, but, you know, one thing I do like is you're validating your sources. You have in the beginning of this, three sources familiar to the situation. That means you have three different angles you went to and you validated that this was a scoop that is legitimate with legs. There is no doubt in their mind because something this big of nature, especially for the industry and sports, 
you really do have to make make it where it is accurate and especially if you are trying to put something out that are big media players like a fox sports a fox television um and redbird capital being a big you know financial player in itself you want to make darn sure that that is 100 percent with accuracy what you're saying so yeah i never had a doubt about it um and then not to mention that when i found out about it keep in mind i am three hours difference of time zone on the west coast now so not only did i wake up to the axios piece being the main outlet but we're talking every major sports outlet and sports business outlet also verified and took this to 100 percent of serious degree so this is this is very much you know whatever length i know it's advances the talks but like i i fully believed it like i said i and i'm not totally shocked about the talks of merger but like you i think you and i have talked here it's just how soon that's the thing that gets me every time when i talk to people this is so soon to feel like we're at this point is my whole thought about this yeah i mean it it couldn't be any sooner i mean (laughs) we had one year with the xfl and now boom look what's happening yeah really (laughs) <laughs> I really thought, I mean, I thought we'd at least have, uh, I thought we'd be minimum three years, minimum three years out. And I'm talking like as of the combined season two, USFL season one, XFL, we'd have three years of them duking it out. And then the situation exactly. of, you know, one behind the scenes talks and goes to a player behind there and they talk to the other side of the league, like has been made, has been discussed in various places now that, you know, Redbird talks to the USFL they start these discussions supposedly back in July. Here we are. You know, I didn't think that would happen now. I would think like, you know, for throwing a ballpark year, 2027, 2028, you know, something happens with one being better than the other. They talk, the weaker one goes to the stronger party here. I have no idea. I'm just going, Hey, they're looking at each other going, we're making similar items. Let's just chat and see what we get the best of both worlds out of right now. Yeah. Do you feel like, no, this is a big thing for me. Do you feel like this has been a real talk since July or has it been just a conversation? I mean, have they really been planning this out since that date or are we looking at, they're just, they're basically, I mean, we talked about it, but we didn't plan it. I, you know, there's a difference sure. there in my mind. So yeah, that's there, what, and there, there would be. Yeah. Sorry if I interrupt. I don't you're okay. Go ahead. No do. problem. Um, But uh, for this, I just, for me, for the scale you have to do this, and keep in mind all the moving pieces that have to take place uh, to get this involved, not to mention that Axios in particular, you know, again, if we're going to reference the original scoop, they're talking that this thing is almost completely done, is how they feel, where sources are saying we could see this within the week. Now, credit, we didn't see it this week. I mean, yeah, Saturday, it's Saturday right now, but that doesn't mean it can't be done by the end of the month or early October. So I would think with the amount of different assets and discussions of how you have to rearrange this and get things moving, especially now we're talking, we're not, we're moving into October. You know, this is starting to get into the in the months where it's like, all right, off season's kind of done. We really need to hit the ground running even harder than before on what are we doing about tickets? What are we doing about player signings? You know, especially if you're talking about players, we need to keep the union involved and get them their role in this moving in terms of the USFL side of the union. Cause I imagine in a merger, 
and that's kind of been the, the point being talked is the USFLPA will have a say in this because they represent half of this whole thing and are probably going to represent more after this thing is said and done. So yeah, I, I'm on the side that I believe they have been talking serious for two months okay. because the amount of legwork that would need to be done to me would, can't, would take two plus months to do if they are this close. So that's where I'm leaning on. Understood. But that's more speculative. I just think that, I mean, you could in theory say, yeah, let's get started in August. I just feel like if you're that close, it takes that, it would take a little bit more serious time to get ball rolling and to have things done like that. So I'm on the serious camp two plus months. They've been seriously discussing this. See, that seems a lot more realistic to me also, <clears throat> just because I mean, we're talking big companies, a lot of investment money, a lot of investment, I mean, investments in, in general, in terms of both XFL and USFL, this is a big deal. And I, I think when people talk about it, they don't understand how big a deal it is uh, in terms of the, the partnerships, the, the sharing, the, the, uh, working things out. I mean, everything sounds big and easy until you're working with two multimillion dollar companies or, or maybe even, you know, billion altogether. Who knows? Right. Well, definitely a multi-billion on both sides. Gotcha. Doubt, Cause Redbird, gotcha, gotcha. Redbird's multi-billion valued and Fox is definitely multi-billion valued. Um, but yeah, I mean, not only those two, I mean, if we're talking, some of the reports of how OTA over the air broadcast are the focus. You have to talk to NBC and or NBC Universal because or NBC Sports, their department there, because that's going to be a valuable player. You have to keep them, the third party, on the same piece. That to me adds more credence that this has been two months of serious discussion because NBC is going into its third year of agreement with the USFL. Yahoo Sports originally reported when the first broadcast deal was agreed upon that it had been rumored to be a three-year deal. So this would be the crucial year three of the deal. And generally, if you aren't merging, what my originally had thought about was in television, that is my background, by the way, is you usually, in terms of media rights and rights agreements, start the ball rolling before the last year of your contract. Understood. So if you're in these merger discussions, you need to have NBC somewhat knowing what's going on because otherwise you would have spent that time talking to NBC the last two months going, Hey, are we going to re up? What do you feel about this? Um, are we just going to roll into next year and kind of try again at the end of the season, which would be a little risky in terms of TV. So like that's where, cause that was my original talks of the future in one of my, in one of our USFL podcast episode post post the championship was watch for these NBC Fox discussions to happen and now that we've got this merger news, my guess is that got kind of folded in with the merger discussion because NBC's the third big party in the room and they're the independent party in this whole thing. They're more like the, they're more at the table, but they're more kind of listening to the two other sides break things down. And then when they get to a point, they look at them and go, do you agree with this? And go, I'm still on board. And then they go back and talk again. That That's how I feel. So, and, and it, it would make sense for TV to be like that. Um, yeah. And this is a big deal, especially if you're doing only NBC, which is, you know, you're removing USA, moving FS1. You know, it's a big deal to, to talk about rights on just the big number one most watched channel, by the way, in the country, NBC. 
as well. In terms of TV implications, I mean, what what else can you share on your end that that will change for sure with this merger? You know, not not the possibility, but what will change? Well, I mean, what's really going to change is your access to the games itself. I, you know, we've we've heard it on both sides of our equations. You you know very well. I know very well. You know. Um, the big over the air number is what seems to be the most prominent to get the ratings up. Um, and it is the one that I think if you're looking to get the best numbers for advertisers, which is a big deal for this, for this, I would imagine merger as well as the best for investors eyes and the best for folks that are trying to see if this is a legitimate avenue for a sports brand to grow. That's what you want to do. And it's just because it's free access. Cable numbers are not the same as they used to be. And I don't think you're ever going to see a XFL 2020 cable number like, like those were back three years ago ever again. Because of the fact that, let's be honest, two things I look at. One, TV's changed a lot. Cable numbers are and cable habits have changed drastically in that three-year span. But two... Vince McMahon was kind of a marketing genius in my eyes three years ago, and we're never going to see, I think, FS1 ever hit a 1 million viewership spring football game ever again. <laughs> that kind of guy, I mean, that got that, that was a reality check in 2022 for me, and then when we hit in 2023 500K for its first game, I went, this is probably the best we're going to get, is this, coming out of a big sports broadcast event. That was NASCAR going into an event. So that, that was kind of a reality check. And then on the XFL side, you guys know FX started hot, dwindled down as it went. They switched off, you know, ESPN two, I actually thought was reasonable, but the magic number is that 1 million viewership number. Understood. And the only <clears throat> realistic way you can get it is really on the big four television stations, even though Fox, I will say they'll need to look into things because they kind of slumped this year a lot more, you know, ABC was consistently up there. NBC generally was consistently up there, even with minimal marketing, because again, they're a third party, you know, Fox is there. They just, I wonder how this will work with different marketing and people behind it, but that's what you got to aim for. And it's free. It's ease of access. So it's going to generate better numbers. It should, and it should hopefully allow for a better penetration to households for folks that want to watch this it also can remove some of the negativity of, well, now I got to buy a package or as you guys, as XFL folks definitely had a laugh at and USFL guys definitely were frustrated at there's an exclusive Peacock game. You got to buy the Peacock <laughs> package. Trust me. I heard it all. I've heard it all. And so that's the whole shebang of it. So yeah, it should help with numbers. That's my thing, you know? make the make the numbers solid push for a million per game and then the final nail piece of the puzzle is of course net not this coming season but next appease nbc because if you don't appease nbc you might be down a partner you know and also keep in mind something else to watch for it's a piece of the puzzle but it'll be probably be more affecting 2025 abc's for sale and has been approached already disney's been approached by Allen Media Group and Nextstar Communications about buying these channels. I don't know how fully that'll affect things with the XFL USFL merger per se, but it is something to watch out for because the XFL side of this deal was with Disney. 
So if they sign away ABC, where does it go? Do they does ABC do they switch to ESPN? But they don't want to do that, even though ESPN is one of the top ten most watched channels in the U.S. They want OTA numbers. It's it gets a little more convoluted, but there are inner there are a lot of uh, I would say uh, t- bow ties on this whole thing that might unravel or shift Understood. and change in the next two years. This year alone, though, big deal is make NBC happy and then keep things going and show that the combined numbers were worth this merger. You know, OTA should help the numbers, though. Absolutely. Is the final wraparound I have to give you. Gotcha. Gotcha. We had a comment from Mike. Mike said millions of people have cut the cord since XFL 2.0. And that's the truth. I mean, that's what I, I use an antenna here. I live down in South Mississippi and. I mean, the digital antenna is great for my local games at Saints. Anything else I want to watch, I get to, you know a few games a yeah. week. So I mean, it, it it's really great and it's free. It costs twelve bucks, I think, initially. So, yeah, it's I have one of them just like you. I have an HD antenna at my house, and it's similar deal. I think I paid like fifteen bucks for mine. You get you know all the local stuff right away. And I think that's part of it. it is part of it is, you know, Fox and them, they look at this and go, well, again, these cable numbers keep cutting down. And, you know, Mike G's here is absolutely right. In three years time, you can look at how cable numbers and satellite numbers have declined. You know, it is around, I believe it's sub 70 million people have cable television now. It used to peak at 110 million. That's um, a big difference. It, it has <clears throat> dropped and it is uh, keep it is kept to significantly drop because of, you know, changes in viewer habits, even though ironically streaming services as a collective whole are more expensive or about mm-hmm. the same as a cable package. Now the freedom of use and I think ease of going in and out. So yeah, that cable habit affects how we view sports and we definitely need over the air for a startup like this. Agreed. Absolutely. You know, this isn't like, like MLS, this isn't like the nineties anymore where you can, well, if we get on a TV air, we're going to still have that massive, like dual audience ship. No, 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 no. You know, one side of this whole coin is declining and there are more cord cutters than before go where the cord cutters are at, which would be in some skew still the digital antenna guys or people like that, that can get the free access TV, which are growing a little bit. And then something I was seeing, because I know uh, News Hub mentioned this a little bit, is that there's it's rumored that they might put all the replays exclusively on the exclusive streaming services post-games played on OTA. Gotcha. Um, which that's, that has been reported that way. I'm just listing it because I think that makes sense. Just get it an instant availability like that. Double up your use and say, hey, did you miss the game? Now we get money on our streaming service that way too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's basically what ESPN Plus was doing during the XFL season. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the best app, though. <clears throat> kind of hard to would use. Would be a bit of a time. change. Would be a bit of change though, because you wouldn't be paying to watch it simulcast. You'd have to watch on over the air, and then you only get the replay in this. Season, Understood. Which I did. I did buy ESPN Plus to use it to watch all the games. Easy for me. Yep. eight dollars a month and i get to watch fx's broadcast instead of paying 73 dollars a month for the cable package you know? it's a good big difference there it's a really man good deal yeah <laughs> let's see I had some comments that that uh what's brahma babe 
Is there a capability to include streaming numbers? I don't believe so yet, but I believe there's some some kind of stuff in the works for that. But right yeah, now, no. It's complicated. Is your your issue with streaming numbers is that they're and I've kind of I've read into this. I've tried asking around more and more since I've been in this industry, and some of it can be manipulated very easily. And some of the streamers, that's something you if you read up or watch you know, any kind of inside depth kind of videos on this industry, especially streaming services. Some of the streamers don't really want to report numbers. They like certain stats to that seem more appealing. Like, you know, the concrete, we had this many people watch this, which means either you clicked on it or you could also have watched the entire thing. You know, it's like going on TikTok and you see like three seconds of a video and it counts as a view. You know, yeah. that's yeah. the type of number they're looking at and they're going, yeah, that's good. You know, it counts towards our stats. Because in reality, if we went like Nielsen style, which is, you know, the average viewership, keep in mind when you look at Nielsen ratings, which are standard for TV, that's the average. That's not the total. So streaming numbers for the average would be affected and would probably be lower for a lot of items. So you could add them and you probably could dig, but I don't know if all of them want to. And, I, and it's also been talked about that they don't always contribute that significantly to the overall viewership numbers understood so makes sense yeah it's very it's complicated but uh there are way there are things and reasons why they aren't reported <laughs> yeah it's very complicated from what you said that example i mean it's like ugh. unless you start doing some streaming or, or something along yourself it's kind of hard to understand what what exactly that entails you know right i'll give you i'll give you a great example of this by the way um i don't know if any of your audience has wa had watched fan control football when it was going on um it was on twitch specifically and one the social media manager who was also the xfls for 2.0 bailey carlin he came on and it said wow we had a million views on this video and tried to compare it to a USFL broadcast from that year. And basically my question to him was, is that an average or is that a total? Because keep in mind, if we're talking about that data, and this is exactly why streamers are kind of iffy about this data is averages generally are better looking than a total total is great if it is a true total, but Averages have been kind of the standard for the broadcasters to use to show off to the advertisers and others on a program. So it's a big, it is a big significant difference when you consider that. Because again, on Twitch, a view is me clicking on the video for a few seconds and I back out. That's the minimum I have to do. So there, there is more depths of a piece of data you have to dig into like that. Just a good example for those that are trying to like, maybe let's talk football. That's the best way to look at it. You know, that's a football example in a way, you know, looks good on paper. Isn't actually as good as the other thing on paper. Understood. All right. Let's hop back into the merger rumors again. We kind of got off. We started talking about TV. So I just wanted to hit that while we were on it. That way we could just go right through. Oh yeah. All right. So we left off at Axios. We, we, we got our, our, our first taste of this the Tuesday morning with Axios. Um, that afternoon we had a lot of different stuff being released by what, like sports illustrated and anything else along those lines. I mean, they were just mm -hmm. taking it and re-releasing I had a conversation with Mike Tuesday evening. 
I mean, he told us what was going on, but nothing too shocking, nothing that we didn't already know from the articles, nothing that made people pissed off, most most importantly. Sure. Um, but come Wednesday, things started changing a little bit. Um, and, I've, and I've tried to piece this together as much as possible, okay? So bear with me, guys at home and those watching. If I'm getting something wrong, let me know. Um, but I'm just piecing it together, all right? So... What I remember Wednesday is is James Larson came through and said, hey, hold up. I'm going to bring up the tweet. We're probably yeah. not looking at 16 teams, guys. And I remember seeing that tweet thinking, uh-oh, that's not good. Uh, yeah, regarding the X USFL-XFL merger, it is likely that we do not see all 16 teams in action per source. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, then hearing that, organizations without venues currently secured are in hot water. That was real big to me, of course, because I'm a Houston Roughnecks fan. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, we know just because USFL has hubs that most of your teams or half of your teams don't have a home either. So it, that's pretty impactful for you guys. I mean, it's impactful for us, but for you guys, that's half your teams. That's something neither one of us as fans or media want to hear uh, coming into it. Personally, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I was just shaking my head when I saw this. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not a good time. The, uh, I, I think the 12, the, the 12 team to 10 team setup or like saying it's, or just to more reference this in a, in a way we're talking where it's not going to be all 16. You know, I think that was one of my thoughts about this, just like on the surface values mergers, you generally see like any business. And I, I went through one during my earlier years in tell in my television journey um they, they you consolidate things like some items just get lost or are or are um cat they're just basically collateral damage yeah um for this setup so that does and to me it does stink because i i know at some point you do have to eventually make those hard calls you know we're talking upwards if we're talking the low end like upwards of six teams here are going to get the ax in some way you know more the hopeful more and i i want to say more realistic given other info we've seen is 12 but still four teams there that is i mean we're talking 25 percent of your combined 16 are going to uh and maybe even more depending on what itl was mentioning about new markets and we'll yep, yep. We're gonna get on that later. after this yeah this, i don't this just piece. a teaser bit i don't want to dive too clutch that's <laughs> extra but like that's kind of rough like i i and i it that's that part alone makes your mind spin because mm -hmm. what are these execs talking about right now in los angeles that are the key portions of data or key portions of visibility that make your market stand out and are valuable in this trade-off. You know, I do think, for example, we talked about this on our last USFL podcast episode, which that's dated now compared to this time of the week a little bit, but we discussed that having stadium rights agreements right now has to be the most valuable thing in these merger talks. And we're talking at the time without say like Detroit being discussed, there's rumors, New Orleans, is still trying to discuss some stuff on the sides for the USFL. You know, there's at least guaranteed at this moment, I'm, I'm counting off the top of my head, it should be nine that have stadiums with rights agreements. You know, the Vipers do not. There should be seven. I know Houston is 
in the final steps, but they were going, they still will have one. It sounds like one way or another. So I'm counting nine, you know, 10, if you want to count Detroit, because it sounds like that one's on close to the doorsteps of being done too. They were just talking, but those have to be the most valuable because I feel like in a merger here, you want to have available assets that aren't kind of up in the air. You do want to have things that are set in stone. Those uh, rights agreements are kind of set in stone for some of these teams, if not all of them. I mean, hell, Memphis, they signed a two-year extension, you know, just before this uh, was publicly released is a merger talk. You know, that's two extra years that they are committing to being in Memphis, Tennessee at the Liberty, Liberty Bowl, which should be, by the way, renovated at that point. So you're playing in a brand new stadium. So that's just one example, you know, outside of everything else. St. Louis, I mean, Jesus, imagine if you don't have that lockdown, a 30,000, oh, an almost guaranteed 30K fandom hmm. that is locked down in the Midwest of a team that still feels like it wants to find the best way to stick the middle finger to the big man in New York City that is the NFL. <laughs> Like that's value right there. Agreed. You know, that is valuable as an asset. That is what makes the fans show. That's what gives you your energy. Though those mm-hmm. type of things is is what sets you apart. <clears throat> Did you see that they redid some suites there in in St. Louis? That's, yes, uh, yeah. yes. So that's did. pretty cool. I mean, I, I thought that was interesting. I mean, they showed it off, had a nice little pictures and and some write ups about it, but. When you read that and then you go see this news, you just don't really know what to say because is that the Battle Hawks anymore, really? Well, <laughs> Are I they mean, sharing that? <laughs> I would I would imagine if you're – that's one thing I would imagine you're sharing is, like, good brands. So, like, yep. like yeah, it's like how we talked back uh, when 3.0 was trying to finalize its cities and brands, you know, how I, even I was standing up like even me standing up at arms going, if they remove the battle Hawks, I'm rioting <laughs> or something like that, you know, or as we're even talking right now with this merger, but you know, 3.0 wise, like the roughnecks, if they go to Houston and it's not the roughnecks, I'm rioting or stuff like that, you know, um, valuable brands are brands that have, I think a little more significant value to the fan. You want to keep around like men, like Houston, in terms of roughnecks and the gamblers, that's a tough one, you know, because again, I see this talk, but like, especially like Battlehawks. Yes, that that's a big one. DC. I know big, that big one. I would say big one, you know, Birmingham. Yes, there were talks about some issues with the attendance, but it is the one that kind of kicked things off. And it's a two time championship team now, you know, so those are valuable, you know, and that, and again, that's part of the discussion, you know, what, what has the most value to us, you know, and not to mention if we're talking about in a collective group, a more big, a more focused unit of trying to appease to outside investors to eventually sell these teams, which is the end goal that's been for both of these leagues at some point, what is the most valuable assets in terms of IP that make you go to investors and say, Hey, you're getting a bang for your buck. Like my first team, I would think you'd want to try and sell is in St. Louis, Missouri, because you're going, look, if you buy this team right now, you are right now averaging 30,000 fans a game. Winning. You just need to pull the legs and be part of us and buy up and we'll build the value for you. Like MLS, if you look into MLS valuation, there's a good chunk. I believe it's the majority of MLS teams lose money 
in terms of overall sales, but they get money on the TV revenue to make things back. And the bigger kicker, the value of the IP is what brings in these investors to buy these teams. That's what you're wanting to do is build the value of these IPs. So this merger is bigger in big in the sense of I need to pick the most valuable stuff that will make an investor want to say, where do I sign the check? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. And, and honestly, I knew that's what was going on with the USFL. That's what they were attempting at least. Right. But XFL, they didn't really come out and say that, but I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective. What, what are you doing? You're building your brand to sell it off. To, to bring more people in, to bring more into the table, to make a bigger, 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 bigger thing. Right. And you also take off when someone buys your, your brand or your team that you are, remember, these are self-financed through a league. It's still one, a one entity ownership. Yep. So I sell it to someone else, a bunch of expenses go to that guy. And in theory, we have an agreement. You're going to run this as a reputable owner and a reputable businessman that'll make either an LLC or some sort of company conglomerate that runs this newfound team that runs as its own entity, but is associated and is a member of a league. And we get to recoup that cost that we don't have to pay for anymore. Player salaries, they go towards you. You know, you just have to handle the salaries. Well, follow our league rules and regulations. We get to get a little more freed up on our end to do our jobs better as a league itself we're not focused as much on some aspects of well now i got to run this team too well now i can focus on building value for you while you focus on running your organization and bringing in your best in terms of community engagement and value towards the league's brand back so that that's what's at the end of the day that's what you're looking to do when you sell these and so you know the merger will come first valued ip then hopefully someone buys one of these right away and starts the snowball of, well, hey, if he's doing great, I bet I can get in on this action and do it like that. I mean, Bobby Wagner, remember he was talking about, like, he wants to own a sports team. He actually said that recently uh, this past week. He stated once again, I want to own a sports team in my life. That's the type of person you appeal. It should be affordable to where it's not NFL bonkers numbers or even, say, top five valuation, but it should be enough to where it's probably big enough to get someone like him to get a few investors together, buy something, and then run this. And then again, that opens the door. Well, if they're running this and they're saying good things, well, hey guys, I got 11 other teams for you right here. And we got other brands for you right over here in our catalog of trademarks. You know, but that's what the hope is. The merger brings more value. And then you get that access, hopefully to sell and that access to hopefully get more TV dollars more directly put in because not only are you the only competition, but you put the most valuable pieces of each puzzle together to try and grow that value and grow that equity to it. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. My, it's, like we talked about when we started, the only thing to me is who's deciding who, who's making these, these decisions. Right. Like, how are they deciding? What factors are we, are we looking at ticket sales? Are we looking at fan attendance? Are we looking at TV numbers? Are we looking at championships? I mean, that's right. my biggest wonder right now is how is that being decided? <clears throat> yeah, it's, that is a complicated issue because I could, I could give you TV. I mean, yeah, you could go for fan attendance right out of the gate. And I, would, I think that'd be like the, 
I don't mean to sound it like this, but it would be the simpleton's answer Agreed. to a merger. Because if we're talking attendance, well, yeah, I'll, I'll just pick, you know, it would probably be a little more XFL heavy. You'll get probably the probably all the hubs, you know, Canton would actually be up in the air given that because it would be a neutral hub that got attendance. So we can't gauge if what happens if it's a dedicated Ohio brand, you know, so like attendance is totally one factor. I think TV is a big one. And this is one I don't have, we don't have as much as regular folks and the execs have is, well, not only do we have Nielsen ratings, but they also have like by demographic, like, or by, not by demographic, but like by city ratings too, or like by, you know, Metro rating, you know, in terms of like Nielsen combined areas, like say you have a broadcast. Okay. Well, which area of the country watched it the most, you know, and then you can like keep breaking it down. And then you can see which games were consistently winners and consistently losers and keep going like that. Now, I think you'll see like in that regard, I do believe like, for example, having a team in a home market that does enhance it a little bit. So you could argue some XFL brands. I think the XFL gets a little bit of an edge for its branding in terms of that. Whereas like you think like, you know, the gamblers, for example, and that's one argument I think for some with that Roughnecks Gamblers argument as well. The Gamblers brand wasn't in Houston, and Houston games didn't really hit the spot in the ratings as much. You know, the Breakers, I think, were solid, but they weren't big. The ones that actually are big, if we're talking like that, that were non-hub teams, for example, were the Generals. Generals were in prime time a lot, but think, in, but think about that. That's New York, New Jersey. It's the largest TV market in the country. So, like, if we want to play this whole combined game, well, yeah, New Jersey's not a stadium team, but it's the biggest TV market in mm-hmm. the country and was getting decent ratings as a hub market. So you can't remove that out of the equation because I don't want to sacrifice TV ratings because I want to hit that million, that million viewership mark. So if New Jersey helps that, wouldn't I want to consider New Jersey? Yep. Even if it's the six hubs, like, Hey, they're bringing in the New York market and people like that brand. And it's a famous USFL brand, whether it is of course for, infamous ownership in the past or not it's one of the most synonymous brands from back in the day for that reason and for the star power behind it so like that's just so much the equation you know and some of the like i said some of the data we don't have like we don't have that ratings data per city that's that's very insider industry stuff that the common guy doesn't really get access to unless you for some reason know those people you can get or you hear it kind of squeezed out once in a while in like a local market piece like i know uh i think it was like one of the xfl games last year did really decent in milwaukee that was like a ran that was a random article that milwaukee was a solid market for like one or two games i was like great i'm glad someone knows that because i don't know where you found it i mean it was good he found it i just wish everyone could find it so we could talk about it like that but that's the thing it's so hard to find there's no like concrete place anymore to just find like per city there used to be you know show buzz daily but even Show Buzz Daily, that it's gone now. You know, yep. you can't go to Show Buzz Daily. They stopped updating it because it's getting harder and harder to do updates, and you also have to pay for those Nielsen ratings. Ah, yeah. makes sense. Makes they sense. aren't free. Nielsen has to get money from people for that. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> just know? a fancy name. <laughs> no, no, Nielsen's a company. Yeah, you have to pay for those ratings. They are not free. <laughs> interesting, interesting. All right. 
We got they got more comments coming in, guys. I see you in the comments. I promise I'll get you get your opinions out. But I just want to stick to what we're doing. I don't want to get far fetched off the topics. All right, so <clears throat> I, I see you though. Don't we'll get back to you. I promise. Mm-hmm. All right, so the the last piece we talked about was the James Larson released. I mean, it, we're looking at probably not sixteen teams. He really didn't say a number. He didn't say anything else. Uh, except probably not 16 teams and the cities without venues are in trouble. Yeah. Okay. So we took that going through our day duh, 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 and then Mike Mitchell went on the Marcast, and this is where things got choppy. All right. Because this is where, you know, Mike got some more information and presented that information. And then once we put that out to the social media world, I mean, it took off. I mean, it, it took off fast during the show. I was watching there Facebook groups all about XFL blowing up with this. And I'm going to put the tweet up. So, Let's see what we got. So per Mike Mitchell live, blah, 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 blah. Um, in terms of teams that will survive in an XFL 2023 and USFL merger. Quotes, 10 teams, April start. Stallions, Memphis, Ohio-based team, gamblers on the USFL side. No Roughnecks and Vipers on the XFL side. This is the one that tripped people out the most. When we got to this point in time of information, this is when the freakout mode began. I know... About 80% of what I viewed on social media was positive regarding this merge. You know, we were all kind of wondering what the hell's going on. What, you know, but there wasn't anything that, oh shit, we're going to lose our team. Well, once this hit the market, things changed completely. And this is when things started going crazy. Like I said, I mean, this is where people really started looking and saying, uh oh, this is real. Um, and like I said, I just present this because this is information Mike heard. And I trust Mike as a source. All right. So if he's telling us this, I trust Mike personally. Um, it, it's just the way I feel about it. Now, sure. it, that doesn't mean that it isn't old information, information that has changed, information that was talked about two months ago. I mean, we really don't know what what the information entailed. So this was the next piece as I was saying in, in our adventure of rumors. And, and so let's, let's just hash this out a little bit. What do you think about this piece specifically? Well, I mean, it's a little, it's kind of weird looking back like four days now because that tweet was the 20th, but mm-hmm. you know, cause things have even, like I said, we, I know I've already hinted at the 12 portion seeming more realistic in my eyes now than the 10, but you know, looking back now, I think you're right. Like the main thing you get from that is, Oh crap! The we really have to talk about who might get the axe, and we're gonna have to talk. And maybe is said to be put on the bench, with or you know to be putting softly. Uh, that's the best I've got. Um, I think what it reaffirmed for me was that again, I, it's like we're I'm a broken record with this because I know these folks in here, I know you guys are chatting on the comments, but it reaffirmed that the, the Houston aspect is going to be trickier than people thought and i think the second piece that wasn't as talked about because i thought the houston one took a lot of the air out of the room in that portion of that tweet is that canton gets reaffirmed as a market that is indeed 
going to have its dedicated team to it. And that's been reiterated even with new reports since then. Yep. And I like, and I'm glad because I mean, you know, that was a big deal was, you know, the U S the U S will made such a commitment to the hall of fame and the hall of fame every step of the way has loved the USFL for what it has done because they're building for those that maybe don't know in this podcast or that haven't been following the USFL as much, the hall of fame is building basically an entertainment complex, like a vacation destination. It's not just a museum you are going to, we're talking water park. We're talking restaurant venues and the like, uh, Ferris wheels being put up there as well. Like this is supposed to be a place to go in the summer for diehard football fans. Now, you know, not just a, oh, I haven't been in forever, you know? And so the USFL is part of that package. So they're vital. Like they look at them as very vital to this whole thing. And I'm glad that was the main thing I took away besides the Houston portion was I'm glad that it's reaffirming that Canton gets a say in this deal and is not the odd man out because it was a hub that they were like, look, you've been, a, they were a dedicated fan base with, with no brand associated to that community. And they still came out consistently enough to where they deserve to have a say that to me was the main thing I took away outside of, you know, all the Houston discussion that came out of that or the 10 yeah. teams. Yeah. 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 I mean, me being an XFL guy, you know, I saw no roughnecks and, and freak out and ensued. Right. When I, mean, I see my, the stuff in the background, I mean, you got Walker, you got Harris there, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that, like, that day definitely, like I said, and we see it in the comments, you know, it's a big talking point, you know, it's a big talking point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is probably. <sighs> When you look at that, you say the Vipers. Okay, we we can reason with the Vipers. Failed sure. failed facility. Failed. I mean, the fans were there as much as they could be, but it just wasn't it wasn't right. And and we all know that. <clears throat> Unfortunate for their brand and franchise there with the Vipers, but I mean, it is what it is. But once once you say no roughnecks, ooh we, uh, it, it's yeah. tough. And you're you're, you're already catching the backlash of these fans. I mean, it, it hasn't, nothing's even happened yet. And we're already told, <laughs> Hey, I, I'm swearing off this damn league. If, if y'all do that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, we've had some, somebody start a petition. Like I said, I mean, they, well, yeah, I mean, they love serious. their team. You yeah. know, it's a serious portion. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to hit that, that part of it. And before we go forward, I'm trying to piece this together as much as I can. Cause it's just but a big I think crazy. I think you're doing, I think you're doing it right. Because look, I, I could like, to me, like, to me, this show, and I've been on, you know, Player 54 just to two days ago, or, well, it was two days ago, but it's released yesterday, today as we're talking. And, you know, I did my own show. Like, there's a reason why you're doing this. I get it. And I think it's a great way to do it because it's it has been that quick. Yeah, You've yeah. had less than a week. It has been that quick how things have morphed. Yeah. So I'd love to, yeah, let's, let's, let's see the next piece of the puzzle again. Let's, well, let's, let's go in. We're going to head to the next piece, I guess. And this piece came from, what was it? It was the uh, Inside the League. Oh, and this is the most recent big one here. And this is our, our last biggest piece. Where did I do with it? Let me find it. I'm sorry. Here it is. So in this, this is where we get our our 12-team split. All right. In this article, they're stating that we're looking at Oh, I'm sorry. This one makes me breathe hard. We're looking at <laughs> six hubs, and we're splitting teams between those hubs. 
So, I heard the pit. I heard the pitchfork slide out of their seat, out of their sheet, out of their uh, seat, shears, their side, and shing, <laughs> and away we go. <laughs> so, twelve teens would survive, according to this article, with each lead contributing six USFL coaches. Respective statuses seem less certain than those in the XFL due to their contracts because they had one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the new league is, is going to have more of an XFL feel to it, according to this. Um, th- they said some other things, you know, cur- talking about the 200 roster spots that wouldn't be available anymore, right. as well as the countless jobs that will be lost. And, and that, that's, that's obvious. I mean, that, that's a real, real, real thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, alone, alone with the 12, I mean, think about it. You're going to lose easily, two, like it says, 200 roster spots. Plus, you know, keep in mind coaching staff yep. as well. So uh, mass casualties, um, sadly, will be coming in some regard there. Shots fired for sure. Yeah. Now, this came from, what's the guy's name that does this, man? Is it uh, is it Neil? Neil Stratton? Is that the one that does this? Yes. I think it is. Yeah. I didn't want to say the wrong name, but I think that's what it is. Uh, and this actually came from a newsletter they do. It's it's an email newsletter they send out. And, and once, as soon as people, this hit their inbox, I mean, you saw it online immediately. This is where our, our last uh, journey on the rumor mill has gone to. We haven't went anywhere further than this. And this doesn't take things too much further than what we already knew except the splitting of the hubs. Mm-hmm. And so that that that's where we stand as of this moment. Um, we're looking at, according to this, 12 teams, six hubs, and we go from there. Yeah. The, Your the thoughts. Hub, <laughs> the, the hub portion is uh, certainly what everyone is talking about. Um, this is nothing new for me, by the way. Obviously, I'm the, ex- I'm the USFL side of this equation here. I've been u- I've been used to this. That being said, no matter where you go, saying hub anymore is gonna make someone wanna wanna <laughs> bring out a torch and say, "Why are you doing this?" Or <laughs> I am right. going to do something, and I'm going to be angry about it because it is, you know, we have come accustomed that you know. I think fans want their cake and want to eat it too, where we want the whole NFL experience and the whole football experience. I need to be in stadium. I need to see on TV that there is a person in a seat somewhere and that this can't be empty. And, you know, I, I will say that part of my, part of this whole thing is I don't think like this is a bit speculative to me. And it's something that I've been trying to figure out because six hubs. Yes. But that doesn't seem like the full story. I'm just going to yep. put that in my own eyes because if they do this, I don't know if that, if that's going to be the best way to go about it. Um, because of the fact that when the XFL did did their setup, one thing they were originally going to try and do was the USFL style, and they saw it and they saw the reaction, and they said, "Hell no." And they did their model in Arlington where they fly everywhere and come back. And that's where I'm getting the sense where I'm like, I don't think this is the whole story with that hub setup. Like, yes, I, I can say, I believe that there are, that they might fly out of six places, 
But uh, and this is whole speculation here. So anyone listening, this is my thought on this. But I'm almost wondering if there are going to be efforts to take some teams to a market outside of a hub still. If we're thinking true 50-50, like that would be the other 50 equation, the XFL side of this idea, where it's like, oh, we liked your idea where you have more places to have a concrete community engagement in a hub, but the USFL being speaking to the XFL, but we did like how you flew out and we're still playing there, thus you know, there is that connection piece. That That's all hypothetical and to me is what is justifying me saying I don't think this is the end-all be-all. Because again, half of this side of the industry, unless they feel like they completely failed with that Arlington setup, which that's that's how, which that's my uh, hypothesis was if they were to feel that wasn't the end all be all financially. I don't think that's it. I, I don't think it's just six hubs and we see six teams not have a home again. I'm getting that vibe. That's not concrete ev- news I've gotten. That's just, I think there's more to that story. This is all the info that Stratton has gotten so far. That's not saying he was that everything has been given in the, uh, in the entire pie when he was let go into that info. I believe his, his stuff because he is an industry insider. He has been around the ring. He has dealt with those in the scouting in, in the scouting for NFL and scouting in general. And he's been in touch and connected with this spring football scene like others since the, especially with the XFL side of this, by the way, keep in mind really since the new and improved 3.0 version settled in and started advertising. So this, I have full faith that this is a piece that's real, but I definitely would say this can't be the whole story. Understood. Like, I, this, like I've seen a lot of people, I've seen some folks like your like Facebook groups, you and I talk about that are indeed losing their mind if this is six. And that's where I like, I'm like hitting the pause button going, we really do need to pause that part because either more context has to be laid out as to the reasoning or as I believe more heavily, there is more context that will not just be two teams per city. It's got to be more than that. I really do fully believe it's more than that. Understood. So you, this source here, you trust, I mean, personally, I don't know much about him or, or his product. So asking you as a, as another podcaster, I mean, alternative sports, media personality you this this information here you feel is valid i think it i think it is quite a valid report mainly again we're talking we're talking just what inside the league is if you want to look them up inside the league.com but this is this is a regular source that talks to industry professionals in the scene in terms of scouting in terms of different various leagues remember the this is a guy that's hosted multiple talks with XFL executives at this point and has that access understood but it but has more than just that. I mean, he, this is a guy that's talked about the college scene that is indeed in touch with the scouting department. If I am recollecting here and I'm going to have to double check myself here, I know for a fact that ITL has been involved as a scouting in, in scouting pieces before. So that's where I'm ingrained. Like I've understood ITL does have that reach, or at least in terms of connections, should have those connections. But that's where I pause with the, especially the hub side of it, 
and I pause and say, he might have that bit, but he didn't have the con, but to me, he didn't have the context of what does this all entail with the six, because saying six on a surface is instantly going to hurt. I feel the general growth you want. So that's where I hit the pause. I think there's six, but to me, he didn't, he doesn't to me have every piece of that puzzle or they won't let him share that or he, they, it wasn't given everything about it. Maybe because they, there's some stuff that they're still trying to act work out is my thing. You know, again, fully speculative. I have to put that out there. I'm just kind of looking through all this and kind of theorizing what I'm seeing. But Neil Stratton is a guy that does have connections and you could say, probably got some reasonable connections to talk about these pieces in his newsletter. Yeah. I'll include his website in the show notes and stuff. So if you guys want to check his stuff out more from talking with people like you, I've gathered that most of the things that he releases are accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most, most to a T. I mean, that's the two or three guys that I talked to about this. They have nothing to do with media or podcasting. They actually get the emails and so that's what, you know, I asked him, hey, is this legit? Is this just a spoof thing? Is this like, no, it, it's real. And this mm-hmm. guy really, really takes the professional sense in doing what he's doing. So just wanted to, to talk with you about that on air. Yeah, I mean, if you go to his website right now, and this is, a again, this is more of a testimonial piece, but he has a scroller on his website kind of talking about himself in terms of Stratton. Um, and it states Stratton has been an advisor to schools from the Big Ten, ACC, WAC, and many others. I've missed part of it on the scroller, but if you go on the website, it is kind of explaining who Neil is and some of the poll he has and where he has gone to discuss his own portions of the industry. So, yeah, I mean, you and I have both kind of hit the nail on the head there. This guy does know his stuff. ITL is a place that if they drop info, most likely they are talking from a spot that they have gotten something and they know what they're talking about. Understood. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, to actually put this out, you, you have to be confident in your sources. You know, mm-hmm. this is going to hit home. So that's it's a big uh, deal. I really had for to... his side of the industry. It's a big deal. Keep in mind, he is a football industry person. So that hurts if you are dead wrong. Yep. Yep. Just that's keeping exactly that in t- all perspective too. Yeah, that's my testaments about it as well. I mean, he this is his image right here. And if he gets this wrong, I mean, that that's a big deal. So yeah. it, he probably wouldn't have put this out if he was not confident in, in this being a truthful. So, I mean, it it's interesting the way things have shaped and changed. And you can kind of see how when the rumors started, I guess, everything started shifting Wednesday. You can mm-hmm. kind of see this, this kind of fits right there with that, what they were saying. With exception of, like you said, what are, what are we missing here? Is there something we don't know? Right, and I, we aren't going to get everything until they release everything. Like, you're going to get bits. Like, that's the, th- that's the deal. But something with this magnitude, won't you aren't going to find an end-all, be-all, truth-tell unless you are very terrible at holding your secrets in place and keeping people in check, which I mean, not saying that hasn't happened. You know, we've had both these companies, we have both these leagues where something does slip out from time to time, but this is a different type of thing in its incomplete reality. You know, I think, like I said, I do believe like Neil got a lot. I think Neil got a lot of the key points 
the context on the extra slides, for example, if we're talking like PowerPoint perspective, I think that's where we're waiting on. Like six hubs is like the title card. What are the bulletin points to that? I want the bulletin points. We're waiting on those because that the, the title card isn't it. There, there's more to that than just saying six hubs for two teams each. Yeah, yeah, makes there's sense. There's no way that's all it is. No, because I'm going to tell you right now, you're you're if this is the model, these XFL XFL fans, I mean, you're going to lose a big portion. Uh, and I don't yeah, say maybe. that as as what I like or what I don't. I say that as as what I've gathered from this. And then before this, I mean, even when we start, like you said, we started, we've talked about this in the past before, and it was not a good deal with XFL fans. No. So, uh, yeah, and that, that's kind of where I'm sitting here going, you would have an uphill battle PR-wise yep. to appease specifically to that one side. And especially if we're talking hubs, well, if some cities are lost because of hubs in the XFL, again, it, it opens a slippery slope because the word hub anymore over the last two-plus years has just become, I think, to the... The, not only XFL, but I think to a good portion of the football populace, a negative football term. Yeah. In yeah, terms for sure. of what it means for a viewership piece. Like you lose the luxury of some viewership items. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've learned the hard way from that. Like I, I used to try and say, hey, well, you still get football. But like the more I talk with people, I'm like, I see what you're saying in terms of it. And I respect that point of view, you know, and I leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way as well. I always said I, I wasn't a fan of the hubs because of the fake fan noise. I mean, that's really what turned me off. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, we also COVID didn't help either with us. Yeah, being con- the NFL portion of it where we saw it first, and then a year later we get it, and people were already tired of it. Mm-hmm. I call that I partially call that bad timing as well. You're but, correct. I, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I feel that you know. That just that just kind of brings people back to oh my god I'm in my house and no one's out there <laughs> you know oh my god there's cardboard fans in the stands <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean I was looking at flashbacks on Facebook where I was just taking pictures of, of different things and I actually had one uh, the Rock and Queen Elizabeth back <laughs> back in the day side yes. by side yes, yes. classic uh, but anyway good times. Mm. Good times looking back. So that's basically our rumor mill right there. We've covered the full shebang, correct? I mean, is there anything I'm missing or anything that you think is worthy about bringing up? I don't really think so. I mean, like, I, I think we, I talked with you pre-show. Like, I've you and I have both had things we've said or had said to us, and I think that's as comfortable as I can go with, like, fully discussing without Understood. feeling like I'm sticking my neck out there. Because um, I'm also wanting to patiently wait and see. Like, they're, and these are guys that I've talked to that I trust fully. It's just that this is a very sensitive portion of this right now. And given the nature of that, it's been discussed that it could be very soon. I almost want to just be like waiting to the point where I'm like, if I see it and go, well, I was told about this and now I can say it was confirmed and I'm glad I got told early about it. instead of being out there thinking I heard something instead of being out there, having said something and then, you know, I, I hate being, I hate that I, if it's, I miss, like, if I mislead someone, like, I'm going to hate that. 
Like that's that's the part of me same, right now. Same. So that's kind of where I'm like, I don't want to go too much farther with what maybe I know, because yeah. I could say something like I said, the guy, some guys I've been told that have told me things I do trust. I just don't want to get me and others off base for maybe saying something that could have been misconstrued or maybe it was a wrong pathway to finding out or something. You know what I mean? I totally get it. We'll find you, out together on some portions, you know, you, you, you and I both and anyone else in this realm of media, I mean, we have a responsibility and it's not mm-hmm. to press the panic button and make everyone freak the hell out about I'm what's going right. on. And that's damn what, right, dude. that's what I, that's what I feel has happened right now is we're panicking. The whole community's panicking. The USFL, not as much because I mean, Right now, we're sitting at something similar with you guys. You may lose a team or two, but hell, you're not going to lose your home teams and half of the teams there or whatnot. So, right. I mean, I really, I just, I don't know, man. It, it's a lot for for anybody in this in this time. <laughs> my, my only thing I'll throw out there for the team sense is I know is that, um, hey, I, I hope Detroit gets its deal done and I can still have my Panthers. Is all you know, um, but again, that's just. And this is kind of like a example of like everyone wants their own personal preference of something. Yep. It just sucks because the only downside, the main downside of this merger with all the positives of like, hey, we can have a combined front is you might have as a fan get an axe and you might have to either rediscover or find a new ship or I would hate to see someone leave because of it. But that is something that some folks might do is what it is. The hope is it's not the majority. It is a small, loud minority. And that's all I, I mean, we'll find out soon enough. It's it's on the horizon. If things are progressing the way we're talking. So since we're done with the rumors, I got a couple more pieces and then I want to get some fan reactions in here. Just, just trying to gauge some out. Cause I mean, a lot of the people in here tonight are roughneck fans. So that's pretty good. It fits in well with what's happening. But anyway, so 16, 12 teams or 10. I mean, we've discussed each now this week. Personally, personally, I would love to see both leagues teams together. But I know what that entails. And I know the money that entails. Mm-hmm. I also know how the the actual logistics of that and how difficult that's going to be. You know, it, it, people said the hub system is difficult. I mean, 16 different teams playing is going to be very difficult and expensive. So personally, I don't feel like the 16 is going to work in any way, shape or form. I I realize that it's sad and I know it, but if this is what we're looking at, that's not going to work or it's going to have to be a 14, 12 or 10. 14's weird because you know you got seven and seven, so I wouldn't. You know, I'd rather have a six and six. So let's yeah. go with twelve. I just want to gauge your opinion. What do you think would be an ideal team amount for this merge? What do you see actually being a success to keep your fans happy and our fans happy and have this thing run as it should? I would. I really would want to stick with. 12 then um i will i'll i will put that this caveat that if we're talking about finances and kind of like i would say how we've talked about on both leagues expansion you know 10 is kind of that growth but not too crazy growth number 
So in theory, if you were, and also if you consolidated, you would also consolidate more costs by shedding six teams in theory. You still could then have all of your stadium deals with 10, but I don't want to see that. Um, 12 to me makes the most sense because it still maximizes the leagues. I think in a merger, you want to show a reasonable amount of growth plus four teams total. You know, if we're talking like we wanted one of them to grow from eight to something else, 12, I think is reasonable. You do lose four total, but it's less casualties than if you were to go six. Exactly. That's how I view it. 14 to me. And this is where we get into like a cost balance versus, you know, fan balance is 14 is better for the amount of fandoms kept, but it starts pushing the costs up again. And part of this merger is you're wanting to minimize some cost, try and push more towards profitability in a, in a, I think more, in more uh, friendly sense of what is fan engaging. And 14 to me is where you're starting to get too far. Third, you can't do any odd number yep. because that'll be awkward for divisions. <clears throat> 12, 12 is kind of that ballpark, like the max to me where you go. And I think it's the best number and why you're seeing this six hub, two teams a piece setup that I, that ITL is reporting is that it maximizes that you still see casualties, of course, but it maximizes how many you have without pushing your, your piggy bank too far out of bounds. So I, I go with 12 again. You know, I, I think there is a reasonable discussion around that, that that's why that number seems to be the magic number at this time. Agreed. Agreed. And I just wanted to gauge you on that and see what you thought, you know, just personally. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wish we had 16. I think everyone here, even in the chat, anywhere you go, I have not met anyone that says, yeah, I would no 16 silly. Like I, we we're not going to keep eight and eight. Like, let's not do that. No, I've never heard anyone say it because in reality, everyone would want to have all those markets. And yes, we'd repurpose one of the Houston ones. That's, that'd be the only debate then is we just repurpose Houston again. But you still get 16 teams mm-hmm. and possibly add a new market. You know, Vegas would move somewhere that has a better field in the end of that discussion. You know, whether it was Nashville or Tempe. I know Portland was kind of a, a rumor, not rumor. That's kind of a middle ground. Someone says, some say yes, some say no. But you know, I'd be sitting here going, Hey, I could possibly have a team in Tempe right by where I live, but I know that's not reasonable. And because we need to scale down slightly, but also get to that double digit number and get the best of both worlds. And then again, we talked about maximizing the best possible IPs. This also does that. And it trims some, it trims the fat to where it's not too much fat too. Makes sense. Still sucks <clears throat> and, in the end because you lose fandoms, but I digress. That's where you are. Yep, you know? yep. If if the sacrifice, I guess, between both teams is is equal, you're going to see a lot less flash or backlash from that. I feel like, but who am I to make those decisions or make their or even or even come up with those thoughts? As we were talking about earlier, we don't know what they're in in, in thinking for what markets where and why. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm happy with that answer as well with the 12, and I agree with you. The 10, the 10 teams would be pretty cutthroat, and I feel like it would it would definitely rub a lot of people wrong. So, um, that, I mean, that would be I a. I agree with you because that the 10 would be like you are 
really cutting it close with the with a surgical knife. Yep. In trimming fat, like at that point, you find like the worst, and then you find like okay, what's like maybe not bad, super bad, but still like where we're going. Okay, we can kind of live without you. We're gonna we're gonna shed a tear about it, but this was like the tough decision. I'm sorry, buddy. It was the only way type of thing. This one, it's like, okay, we found the bad ones. Maybe we'll come back to you someday. Hopefully once we get things in order, these ones, we see bright futures and we can build the rest are solid pieces that have established spots that we know we can build from. That's where you're at with 12. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people creating their divisions and their teams and, and what they think's here and there. I mean, I've seen a whole bunch of that stuff now. It's kind of, it's kind of fun to read a few of them. Cause I mean, there's it, it some is. unique uh, perspectives. Actually, there's one that was interesting to me. I don't know if this was fully understood in terms of you realize this wouldn't exist because we're probably sticking more with the existing brandings, but someone mentioned in the six hub system, they said, We'll put one, we'll put a hub in Memphis, but here's the kicker: one team is the Memphis Maniacs, one ah. team is the Memphis Showboats. They said we'll have two Memphis teams. <laughs> I was like, oh, this this one's a new one. I have not seen this come out. Let's read the like no, the rest of it was pretty sane, but like they're like Memphis hub entirely. Embrace the Memphis. They must be from Memphis or or yes. have some ties there. Embrace that, that, your inner Memphisian. Choose the Maniacs. I love Memphis. That's what my my AAF stuff. That's from the Express. That's from yeah. their go about there. I mean, I was I went to yep. almost all the games. I think I missed one oh, before nice. they shut down. So that was a good that, time. That was yeah. my team in the AAF too, man. I and plus I'm a Bears fan, so I mean, gotcha. You know, Singletary. It's kind of yep. hard for me not to root for him. Yep, you know? yep. Yeah, the I always tell people the last game they had uh, was on my birthday. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's a that's a dual memory. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Oh, got God, to see was... Johnny Menzel get knocked out, sit in the, uh, the suite and chill. I mean, it was a good time, but yeah, I had to I had to bring that up about the Memphis stuff. I like the Memphis. Got a Brandon place Silver's in grew that day. You know? <laughs> hey, man, whenever I whenever I found out he was with the Roughnecks, I mean, it it was on. That was it. That's all it took. Oh for yeah, me. yeah. But anyway, dude. So far, been good. Appreciate the insights. Appreciate the opinions. As I've said, and as we said, this is speculation. You know, his opinion's his, mine's mine. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the last piece on fan engagements, I just want to say that, honestly, I did not plan on covering this topic. I wanted to skate really? right by this topic until all the hard stuff was finished and I could just present a simple document stating what is and what isn't, and then we could deal with the backlash. But as the week has gone on, I felt like it was necessary to sit here and break this down because there's so much confusion. There's so much craziness. You don't know what to believe from the guy that's commenting on your Facebook post talking about just crazy stuff all the way around. Right. Guys, check this out. Tell your friends about it. If this can help them put this together, that's what I'm aiming to do. That's it. Okay. Uh, What we're talking about in our opinions, it is, it's what we think, but, that goes so far as you see as the days change. So anywho, let's roll into some fan reactions. Now this is the best Mm. part of the night. I think they've been, they've got comments galore ready to go here. So let me start with one and see what happens. I'm going to go back a little bit. 
So generally, let's hear the USFL fan reaction because I'm only seeing mostly XFL. So what, from your side of things, how is this looking? Tell me that while uh, looking throughout these comments. Yeah, really. I mean, it probably will be a little, I know you're an XFL show, so I, I could see that too. But it'd be nice, like, because eventually a lot of these shows are going to start doing combined subject. That's yep. like, <laughs> that's how it's going to roll. Yep. You know, so we're going to see a lot of new fans engaging with each other more and more <laughs> good or bad. Like, it really will be like USFL XFL fan group uh, on Facebook where all the podcasts are going to be like time to love each other guys. But I mean, also I mean that in a serious note besides <laughs> joking, because I know some of those posts can really just be kicking a bee's nest to kick a bee's nest. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. You scroll on by. Cause you're like, Oh, I see where we're going. <laughs> I don't want to read that comment. Section. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think coming in, it's that's been the biggest thing for me is telling people, hey, I don't hate the USFL. Just I hope their success is the same as ours. It's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people think you have to pick a side, and that, that's not how it works. I mean, right? And I and I I I, re- I reflect that back in terms of I don't I don't hate the XFL either. But here's the like here's the kicker when we were talking. It's like respectful fandom here. You can be a fan of one of the leagues, but also, you know, understand and enjoy what is the opposite. That was what exactly. I think a lot of people have been, at least good podcasters have been trying to say, is that like, hey, you know, you can have a, pro- like, even I've said this on, on X with some discussions on people where it's like, someone's arguing where it's like, guys, stop hating on everyone. And it's like, look, let's be honest with ourselves. You can like one, you know, but just respect that someone might like the other exactly just don't make it nasty you know that's yep. that was the whole thing you know like i like you're an xfl like you're an xfl podcast and i'm like cool that's great you know you know i you like that league that's great i watch the games i might like one of the, the other one a little bit more but at the end of the day that's all it should be <laughs> nothing else beyond that like that conversation ends there there's no but after that because if there is a but i'll be like shut up I'll look at them and go, shut the hell up. That's all that there is to it. There's two football leagues. You want to watch football? There's two football leagues you can go for outdoor in the spring. Go have some fun. Pick what you like. That's all it is. And now you're looking at this combination. You better just get over it because this is how right, things are going to be. because now it's like there's only one. Yep. You can't argue with people because you're watching the same damn thing mm-hmm, now. Exactly. Mm-hmm, so. Exactly. I mean, but like I said, what – what about your fans and what do they think about all this? What, how do they feel? I mean, can you give me a general sense of what you're hearing from your side? So, I mean, any USFL guys I've reacted to, I don't, I think it's a little less dumbed down because of just, I mean, I guess if we're talking like the ITL art piece in terms of like the email, that one, again, we've, we've had hubs. So, it's more more interactions for them are the side of well, oh god well my team doesn't have a stadium deal because there are that side of there aren't as many with stadium deals so that's the side of a lot of fans right now is oh man i really hope my is mine's a good brand i know we don't have a one locked in but mine's a good brand you got to keep this brand like I've seen a lot of stars fans. If they take the stars, I swear to God, I've seen or, that like, personally. Especially, <laughs> I think even more so with uh, honestly, stars fans and a lot of Breakers fans, especially, have been. If they take the Breakers from me, because I'll be honest with you, and that's why like some of these rumors about like New Orleans getting a stadium, 
track is you look at like merch sales on the on the USFL website and fan engagements on like multiple social medias. The breakers are indeed or should be next in line to get a deal done. So like those guys in particular have been waiting and know that they are one of the biggest voices that don't have a place to go watch a game. So those guys I get. And I think that's a lot of the combo is man, my brand's good. Please do not remove this. I have waited and been a very good fan, you know, keep, save mine, you know, that that's it, you know, or even the stallions one is one that surprises me, but it's more because the conversation of the ticket sales being a little lackluster year over year. And a lot of people thought they would jump, you know, because they didn't have as many games to go to and it's a second year in the market and it didn't look like it performed as well. So a lot of those Stallions fans I've talked to that or that I've seen, they go, man, I hope it's not, I hope we, because of us not being as eye popping as like, say, you know, one or two, as some of those Memphis crowds or, you know, one or two Detroit crowds, like I hope we're kept because, because we have been there and through the thick of it. And I'm like, and in my eyes, I talk to them and I go, I would riot if you were not because you, you were the bedrock of the league. The league office was in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. I almost feel like you have to go to bat in a merger. And that's one of your first points is yeah. Birmingham has to be at the table along with Canton, Ohio. I know the other hubs are at, are of course you still talk about, but like, if you lead discussions on cities, you you bring those up because of those dedicated, longer-lasting partnerships you've had over two years. So, I I almost am playing like reassurance with some fans where I'm like, I have no, I I know it's even speculative, but I'm almost just sitting here going, dear God, I don't see a existence of Birmingham being removed in some capacity. You know, <laughs> like that's where I'm playing it. It's it's like. It's almost like you're trying to play like a almost like playing a therapist where it's like I'm in existential crisis stock. I don't know if my team's going to be there. And I'm like, <laughs> here's what I would do. <laughs> you know, so, I wish yeah, like, I wish like, it was hub, that peaceful. Like hub, right. Like hub news, yeah. Like hub news. It's like, well, I know. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, like I said, the XFL is the one that has a lot more of the in-stadium personnel. So that's where I see where that combo comes and you you talk two teams losing fan bases that were at cities and were definitely at cities. Whereas the USFL, you look at it realistically and go, those hubs feel safe. You know, even Detroit being talked about, which was, you know, they're, they're more just counter offering and had been publicly saying it's season two. They're playing in Detroit, no matter what, you know, that's it. <laughs> Good takes. I had to ask and it makes sense. From anything, do you feel like on your side are the fans benefiting from this? Um, I think that I think they are personally. Um, at least if we're talking what the majority locations of a lot of these XFL teams are, I think they will. So, like for travel and like local fandoms, like for example, Memphis. Um, I, I think like Memphis, St. Louis, that's not a terrible drive you know, if you wanted to travel or be somewhat close. Um, I think new rivalries getting born. I think the possibility of like, if we're talking 50, 50 split, you know, we keep some of those teams, but they open because of that. They are recognized as the more valuable IPs, which means more guaranteed avenues of I'm going to guarantee this city has a stadium soon, if not very soon, 
you know, so I almost feel like they do benefit in some way because of this a lot. Like you're almost re it's almost like extra reassurance that like, okay, these roaming IPs with these cities, whatever's kept are now almost being said, you are getting a city like validation, which is what some of those that don't have hubs are kind of wanting is that validation that I'm going to be able to go to this team in my town someday very soon. So, yeah, I think so. Agreed with that. <clears throat> and that makes total sense from your fan base, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I do like this comment from uh, Mike G, and he is right for part of the regards of when I talk with BM fans, is that the summer heat in Birmingham is pretty – it's a pretty big factor. Um, and someone brought this good point to me that if you notice any of the primetime night games in Birmingham, those crowds were very good for Birmingham. It's the daytime, like noon, one o'clock games where the sun is at its peak. And keep in mind, humidity down in the south in that area. Oh, I know. Brutal. That's not and too you know, far yeah, from you me. Know too. Yeah. Yep. So, no, he's absolutely right. That is a factor. And a lot of Birmingham fans, fans online made us think about that, that these stadium complaints wouldn't be as bad or seat complaints wouldn't be as bad if they just changed the time that these games started makes sense easy fix too right. from year to year easy at least fix. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah it, and it'll be a little more complicated because like with a merger now you're not guaranteed like birmingham's not gonna just always be in prime time yeah you know if it is kept but that was a main thing like birmingham they you know it's a good market it's dedicated fan base really good but yeah it, it gets hot and people do respond to that heat more in that time of year yeah, no they doubt. They don't want to be outside as much like that. Especially so. this last year. My Lord, it was oh, tough. Yeah, Lordy indeed. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's still tough down here in the afternoon, at least. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to throw some questions and comments up, okay? I will say 60 70% of these are from Roughneck fans. So you're going to see Roughnecks be in here a lot, all right? So don't oh, be surprised, okay? I'm trying to work my way up and... Start from there. I'm I'm not gonna pick every single question, but I'm gonna pick some that are impactful. So yeah. Here's this first one, and this was one exactly for you. You're the man to answer this. <laughs> Uf USFL isn't profitable. Do you think this is true? I say that that I'm. I mean, I contradict that because I've heard otherwise. So I have as well. I'm going to say that is not the case. Um. And again, this isn't one person that's told me. I've heard this from multiple people. They've made money. Understood. It, it's not a lot of money in terms of a big media company. Like, yes, maybe it's not. I've heard from Mike that it's not the projections, which I could argue maybe that's the case. But no, they've made money. I, I will put that down. And I've seen that go around, too. Like, it's been some people said yes, some people. No, they've made a little bit of cash. So that is... That is the case. That and keep in mind that you know this is one of the criticisms we've heard from the from folks on the USFL that look on the outside and talk about is it. like, well, you're cutting corners. Well, they don't want them to have losses. You know, that's the thing. They they have they that's why they designed a lot of this was because they are dead set. They want to maximize where they can and scale. No, I I am very confident they have at least made that. I know they've made some money. Understood. Sure. Understood. And that's, is that 
valid for year one as well? Is that from your knowledge? Um, definitely for year one. Year two, I have, I will say, I have let I have less confidence on because there's more expenditures. Understood. Um, but if you want to take home like year one, I know for sure year one they made some money. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that's basically, I mean, you see how that goes into these conversations though. Mm-hmm. People were wondering, well, right. And you, you see those hubs, like if yep. that's really part of it, well, it does save cash. Like that, that's the, like, that's what I, 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 I do understand people's issue with them. Like I really do, but I then circle back and like, you have to remind people, this is a business. Like at the end of the day, profits and cash flow, these are important, you know, and especially to a company. And if you read anything on Redbird Capital, this was something that, you know, when I was talking about, or when I, when I talk with folks about the XFL, where I'm like, I'm curious about this business model. That was one thing people dead set told me about Redbird. They're in the business of making money. So any losses, you know, that has to make people think now, again, I know that, I know that for example, year two, I'm not, I don't know exacts on the USFLs for year two. Um, I know like there's been reports that it's not as good as we expected. Hell, Daryl even said the same where the TV metrics didn't match up, but we, I mean, there are numbers on the sales numbers they made in terms of advertising. They had more deals with companies. I'm, I'm confident year one, they made money year two. I can say less so, but speculatively either they came close or they made a, or they made a slim margin. That's how I view, because keep in mind, they also added more expenses when they went to extra hubs. Yep. So that's where I'm a little speculative where I'm not a hundred percent concrete. I know for a fact they made money year one. Every, I, and that is multiple places I've been told they have made, they made something out of year one. Understood. Appreciate that. That's good guidance right there. Cause a lot of people are just, especially the, the XFL folks. We don't know that we have to search for that. So I had to ask next up on the list. This is from Mike. I don't think this is X. This, this isn't you, Mike G is it? I don't think so. It's There's a different a lot of Mike. mics on here. <laughs> <laughs> What's the thinking in the rumor of picking the gamblers over the rough, over the roughnecks? Make it make sense. I, I've been thinking about this one a lot lately too. Um, especially with the talks about that the gamblers brand would take over that Houston market. I I think there's two pieces that I have that are keys here. One is a little less so in terms of, I would say impact, but it does matter in some regards. The main one to me is equality in terms of the 50, 50 split, I think. And I have a feeling with the fact that, you have more XFL teams that have stadium deals, including in Houston, that to preserve some 50-50 of teams having IP exists from the USFL, that's a market where they go, we concede one, you know? And keep in mind, if you look at, I would think in terms of some attendance metrics, I think that's part of it where you can say, all right, you know, I know Houston, I Houston fandom, by the way, I love their fandom. It wasn't as big as it was in 2020. And I think they go, well, wouldn't completely be a killer if we switch to the gamblers also. And this is where this ties into part two. 
the gamblers do have some IP strength in terms of legacy branding. They were one of the more recognizable USFL brands from the 80s. Jim Kelly, the run and shoot, that stemmed as a popular reason to remember the Houston Gamblers. Um, if the ref was on here right now, he lives in Houston, by the way, or the Houston metro area. He will swear to you that he has had more people recognize his Gamblers gear than they do Roughnecks gear. And that's a personal story. That doesn't mean the whole equation, but it is a brand that has been around the block a little longer, has NFL stars attached to it in terms of Hall of Fame talent that you could reference. And that's where I'm getting the second part. I do say that I think there are valid arguments from the, from the core audience that recency bias should be put into place because, yes, the Roughnecks have been there since 2020 in terms of the populace and they are recognized as an xfl brand but i do think that those two factors specifically especially the equal ip representation i think that's really going to be at play and i think that's kind of it when you have a combined and not to mention a combined fight for a market that was going to take place with or without this merger by the way um and then the fact that you have more you have already have six deals done without Houston. That's one I think they just said we would concede and that they could see the reasoning. And even in broadcast, you can reference the gambler's history there as well. But I, I get why it's not like everyone's cup of tea here. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to put the pieces together. That's my make it make sense to me. I understand. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if for uh Mike in the purple logo, I know it's not Mike G. It's the best <laughs> way I can differentiate uh, I, I hope that is a good answer, at least a good enough answer. I'm not going to say it's the perfect answer. No answer to me could be perfect there. But that's how I would com- justify it to where it makes enough sense to why that's happening. Understood. Or supposedly I- happening. Supposedly it's not confirmed because, again, that's reports. Let's be – let me keep myself honest – supposedly i'm going to leave it like that i mean you gotta throw it in there throw it in there (laughs) speculatively keep yourself safe to to be honest with myself so i don't come off like that because again we started this combo in honesty and i'm going to stay with my honest word in the way that is that's how i justify it so that's makes sense makes sense i really don't have an answer for that but being a roughnecks fan that's a tough one for me personally right i mean for you like this is a little different i'm like i'm i'm a panthers fan but like again you know i'm coming from the usfl side so like i've been used to hubs for two years now and i'm kind of just i'm happy if we get a new one for you like we knew this fight was coming i mean that's probably that's been a key discussion probably when we talk about these two even on your side of things i know is because like what's the point of keeping another Houston branding that didn't get in market, the USFL should just concede and pick another IP, you know, which I did get that. But then there's and others if, I've, but yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I, my, my other thing was, but then I've seen folks, I've actually seen a few people that are like, well, you can just, you can put them across town or something. But I'm like, <laughs> the other one is the logic is like, no, you're better off. Just let's, let's slow down. It's probably eventually you just pick one and the other would move on. But, you know, that that's a common discussion that has been taking place now for well over really two years because it's mm-hmm. been even talked about before the league started for the XFL yep. last spring. So to be fair. <laughs> I mean, even then the conversations were centered around where would they both play? Would they share a stadium? Would one be across town and one be here? What would happen when the USFL comes to town with the gamblers? So that was the conversation prior. So 
I think that may be kind of why it's such a big deal. I mean, he, they love it. And the, the people that are there, most of them are Houston fans in general. So, I mean, that's what they do. And that's what they do all the time. Oh, it, it's tough. It's I hard, can see the it? history there, though, that you talk about. And I can see right. why that would make that brand so hard just to throw away because it has this run on history. Well, can you bring actually? Can you bring up this comment? I think this is a good point to count that I want to counter, or at least uh, affirm. Uh, Brahma Babe has one about the Jacksonville Bulls. If you see, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And you know, I do get this one here, and it says the Bulls were around in the Jacksonville in the '80s. No one under 35 can tell you who they were, and I do agree with you on that because I also, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know of anyone off the top of my head that played for the Bulls. But here's the kicker that's different from the Bulls to the Gamblers. You know players that played on the gamblers and that's where we go into discussion on what's a valuable ip and what is the valuable ones to keep and discard because like i agree like you could like yeah in a serious realistic discussion about getting rid of the gamblers because the roughnecks are there if this merger doesn't exist like yeah there's some folks out there they're like dude just bring the bulls back they were they brought they brought in a lot of ticket sales in the 80s you know but if I were to tell you, like, if I asked you off the, uh, someone off the cuff, like a football fan, name me three USFL branded teams. I guarantee you the gamblers come up nine times out of 10 with every single one of them because they know who Jim Kelly is, because they know who Mouse Davis is, because they know the run and shoot. That's why that brand and why I use that justification. Where the Bulls don't fit that, the gamblers fit this context way better. Understood. Yeah, it makes sense. I haven't got any bad comments back, so I think everybody understands as well. <laughs> They'll let I'm you just, know. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's a weird convo. And I think that's, I love that this is like, I love that part of this discussion tonight, or a lot of it in the comments has been about just the Houston mm-hmm. element alone. Mm-hmm. Because it is vital. It is it vital. Is. It's been vital for two plus years, yep, you know? Yep. Key piece <laughs> of football play down there yeah. in Houston. Or even San Diego, or San Diego. I mean, San Antonio, uh, any of those places. I mean, that's it, huge. So I don't know. I, I, this, these are my people, the Houston people. So it, it yeah. hits a special place in my heart for sure. I'm looking forward to go down there sometime to tailgate with the ref. He's told me about these legendary tailgates for Texans games. And I need to get down there just for that someday. Me as well. Me as if well. If anything to go meet whatever Houston fan base gets down there in the near future. So either way, because I don't know. I just have heard great things about Houston tailgates for spring football and football in general because it's Texas, baby. It is a good time. State of Texas. I'll say this has been over the last year. It was my, it's my only real experience in Texas was for this. I mean, I haven't really, I've been to Texas a few times here and there, but I haven't really hung out or done anything. And I went to all the games, the, the, the divisional game, the championship game. And man, there's a lot. And that's a great place. San Antonio too, man. I love San Antonio. That oh, was dude. a oh, epic place. It's been years, but yeah. I mean, I, I've had people joke about the Riverwalk. Like, there's some like, oh, they they have a Riverwalk. They tout that. I'm like, guys, you don't understand. This is like, this Riverwalk's freaking badass. It is. Like, let's let's not joke about it. This is a great place to go in town. Period. <laughs> you know. Brahma Babe invited us. She said we're welcome anytime. I've got I've got friends in arena football down there. The San Antonio Gunslingers, by the way, for those Brahma fans out there, go check that team out. That's a good time at the Freeman Coliseum down there. But yeah, yep. San Antonio, 
it's a good some good people I've met. Like it's I have I would love to go back if I have a chance. If I had every if I had endless time in the world, that would be another spot. I'd be like, I'm revisiting this ASAP. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I had RC time. back on the show years ago, years ago, months ago. It feels like years now, Lord. Mm-hmm. Back when we first started, I think episode three, we actually had RC um, from the, uh, what's the name of their podcast? Mike G, are you listening? What's the name of their are podcast? Are you talking uh, Smoking Gun? Yeah, that's it. Yep, yep. Yeah, Smoking yeah. Guns, yep. Because I'm good buddies with, uh, or I'm at least, we talk, me and Phil talk a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, or uh, if you ever heard of Ralph Jenkins, he does a lot of the play-by-play for the Gunslingers. Um, we talk a lot online. So, but no, they're great people. Great Especially people. that podcast, very good podcast, period. Agreed. So, Check it out if you haven't, guys, at home. It, it's good. Mm-hmm. And they really, even if you don't like the sport itself, they'll get you liking it for sure. They, they get right. you invested. All right, let's roll in. We're going to do a few more, man, then we'll hop off. I'll try to cut it short at two hours. <laughs> good. I, I could stay on your all night all night chat and combos, but I understand. <laughs> so. I'm the same way, man. And this is the first late night episode I've ever had, I'd say. XFL. <laughs> XFL. After dark, baby. That's what I like it. Yeah, that's it. We, we, we coined that term back when XFL had the game in Seattle that didn't end till yeah, yeah. 2 a.m. or so. There was a few different people online hashtagging we got, it. We all, we all started getting used to that one real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anywho, let's roll back into some. Da, da, da. Let me see what I got. All right, Predator Couple, let me read this. The XFL with this move just lost a lot of people that were on the fence about buying into the league. They show too many inconsistencies and not about the fans. And as a super fan, it's hard to hear, and it sucks. I agree with that. Yeah, I think if you're on the fence, you know, and not to mention some of the discussion around this has been you might be seeing a brand new brand Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Let's keep that in mind. Like in this merger – it's something possibly fully out of left field. Um, and that's a risk you took, you are taking, you know, like I, I think that's part of the rich, like when I talk about the loud or like what they hope is a loud vocal minority, not saying that pride couple is that I'm just telling you in theory, that's what is the hope I imagine in a merger is you have a minority set, but the majority still are, well, it's spring football, you know, and so that's the sway. But yeah, the on the fence portion is what you're hoping is avoided here. But it does hurt when it's, especially for XFL side of it, you only played a year and you're talking merger. You know, and I'm not trying to insinuate anything with that, but the inconsistency part of this question or comment definitely I feel is shown there if it's merger goes through because wait a minute, you built me up for two plus years to do one season and then go talk to Fox to merge already. Mm-hmm. Like that's Your what competition. You're a lot of people forget, you know, or don't want to talk about, but it is there. Like that is a valid point, you know, more yeah, time, I mean, a lot more time still was like in the grand scheme of it, you had more time spent building up, a, building up a brand and rebranding at that point too. Just to say, hey buds, let's talk. It's uh it's post July second or I think it was July second this year's championship. It's post July second. What do you say we have a chat? You know. <laughs> I imagine that's not how it went, but if you want What if it is though? What if it is? 
want to have, have a talk over some stogies? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's a round table. It's a round table, Zach. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, my thing about it is, is whenever this season started with the XFL, and this was this was in the numbers. You could see this in the numbers, whether it be fan numbers, TV numbers, whatever. That that second rendition, XFL 2.0, it was a hit. It didn't last it long. It was a hit. But what you saw in that next rendition of XFL was half or more of the fans came back, and the other half said, no, 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 we're not doing this. Sorry. And that, that's my opinion. Uh, it, it, they didn't have to do much marketing even with the actual XFL side because you had these returning fans such as the Predator couple coming and, and ready to roll without you telling them anything or doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So I can see this comment here and what they mean is, I mean, they're going to lose some fans in that area. I know. And there won't be any I way do, around it. I do have a wonder if, and credit, I'm not saying this is like the end all be all for where a merger win or like why some people had these thought or animosities towards this rebrand from 2.0. But like, I really do wonder what happens if we go back and just say, what if Danny and Dwayne weren't as focused on making 3.0 its thing? Like, what if we didn't have a focus on the minimalism, black and white, drain the rock, hardcore look, you know, or smoother look, and we just stuck with what we liked, you know? Even brandings, too. Like, we don't rebrand the dragons' looks. We leave the Battlehawks stuff alone a little more, you know, yada, 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 you know? I'm not saying it's all of it, but like there were people that did kind of go, whoa, what's all these changes for? Or, whoa, you moved a market away. Yep. That's what we're talking, you know? Like, I mean, even with us knowing the New York market with the guardians looked weird in the stadium. I do remember folks that were avidly revolting that they moved the guardians to Orlando and said, bye bye New York city. Like, Yes, it was a vocal minority of people, but it still made people look and go, yeah, that's kind of interesting. You did just kind of move all this stuff around, yep. you know, or you didn't repurpose like uh, someone the other day mentioned to me, you know, Orlando, what's a guardian in Florida? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell, give you a good answer how that relates to Florida, but it, it's... <laughs> It's what they chose. Like, I mean, what do I tell you there? You know, what do I say in that instance? Like, I can tell you the history of how that came to be. I can't tell you why that they said Guardian makes sense in South in Central Florida. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's part of the grand discussion. It's it's the past now, but like, I think it does play into the like you're talking. Some folks leave because well, this isn't my 2.0, and I'm like, you might have a point. You know, like at least a little bit. I haven't thought about that totally, but I'm like, eh, it was talked about back at the time, and here we are. Maybe we have something to say about it now. I guess. <laughs> 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 All right, let's roll on to another one. Uh, I prayed to a couple. I see you got a few questions in the bank, so I'm gonna wait. I'll get back to you. <laughs> mm, let's not do that one. All right, let's do this one. <clears throat> Am I crazy for saying that if they do the hub format, that'll kill some TV ratings? Because if no one's at the games, no one wants to watch those games. Just saying. Man, I have learned 
first, Carlos, good to see you, buddy. Um, always love chatting with you about football here. Um, my thing, my thing is, I will tell you, I have learned a lot about the football fan perspective on having no one in the stands. Like, I really like full disclosure. Me myself, I watch for the football, but I learned a lot really quick on how many people have to have that noise, that goofy goober in like row one to have yep. the camera pan to yep. like, I have learned so much and I went, you know what? I, my, I completely, I get it now. Like for you, if you feel like that is how you need football to be like, I, I concede anymore. Um, and to reiterate this, like, yes, if, if we're talking like the six hub format flat without me saying some Bolton points are missing, then yes, we might need to talk about this a little deeper, but I still am on the track where I'm sitting here going, there has to be more context because even executives will know from the XFL side, the ones that didn't want to do it after they saw the USFL do that model and some of the backlash, like we're talking, Carlos is mentioning here, get, I would be flabbergasted if they went that way with half of the ownership knowing that would be the result. So that's where I'm sitting here and again saying context is missing and I don't think that's the full story. But if they do do that, yeah, we might have to, maybe we don't see as much growth or maybe it keeps at the similar levels. I don't know. Because like to the casual football fan, which spring football guys like you and I know that the casual NFL fan just likes to take the jab because it's there and it's not the NFL. doesn't matter what you give. doesn't matter if it is a football player and it looks like quality stuff. It's not the big logo from the guys in New York City. So 100%. it doesn't matter. Yep, <laughs> you know, 100%. And it drives me nuts, but that's how people in the casual football audience think. Yep. And that hits with the casual football guys. That's another jab. So that's why you sit there and you go, I don't think that's the full story because that's too easy for the casual football guys to go, oh, God, another year of hubs? Just think about how easy that is as a layup. There's no – I just don't see it. That would be and, – and I will gladly put send you a clip to say if that is how they do it, I'll be like, I was wrong. What the hell happened, guys? <laughs> I mean, you got to try and you got to hope the best. For mm -hmm. our brands that we're going right. to come together and make the best decisions. and Right. Because I see what Carlos is saying here. Because, yes, the casual dude will rip into this like it's a freaking deli sandwich. Mm -hmm. No doubt. I mean, that's yeah. what we can go into more comments. It's like Brahma Babe here. I don't feel the fans of the XFL will cater to the USFL hub model. This league is supposedly about the fan experience. So keep us on board is a must. As a super fan... I would not travel hours away for home games. I already travel one and a half hours to go to games one way. Right. And and that's, again, it's another thing where, yep. like, it reiterates the, I think there has to yep. be context missing. That's why I threw this in there. Yeah. And it's a good add-on because, again, like, you're just adding more fuel to that fire if you go that route where you go, all right, well, F it. It's easier for me to leave because you don't want them to leave. In a merger like this, you want as many fans to combine that's why I'm in a holding pattern where I'm like, I can't fully just stamp it and be like, that's all of it. Like, I, I definitely think it, like, again, I think it is the main title card, 
on the PowerPoint slide, but there there's bulletin points there. They're not being listed yet because someone hasn't clicked the clicker to make it show up, but there are bulletin points on that damn, on that damn slide somewhere. So, and it's because of stuff like this that I go, there's no way, you know, and for just understanding how the XFL framed itself, just like Brahma babes talking here, there is no way to me. Yeah. Otherwise they're crazy. Unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You can't tell somebody what they're going to like. I mean, it, it, well, yeah, you that, built that, this. Throw, that throws all your consumers out. Like you say that, <laughs> no, that just means we'll leave. You, know, you built this. Bye -bye. It, it's a, it's a big building right now. And then we still haven't got everything installed yet. You know, it's still in the works. And now we're mm -hmm. saying, hold on, we're not done building, but we're going to build over here. I mean, I, I can see, <laughs> I can see where they're coming from hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I tell every, I'll reiterate my last thing on that for sure is put a holding pattern on the six hub things like acknowledge that it's mo it is sounding real in terms of that report, but don't go full bore into saying doom and gloom, because I do think they are chain. I like, I think uh, X Mike G putting in here, maybe they fly the six teams out of the hubs, make it a hybrid USFL XFL model. That's not too crazy. Have a couple home stadiums or something like think, that. If you think about it from this scale, you're cutting, I mean, in the merger, you have more teams, but you are keeping relatively the same amount of flights per year, if not slightly less, because it'd be less hub teams or less ones having to fly out. So that's a speculative thing, but I would think that's a more realistic thing and one that keeps everyone happy. So, so that's, but yeah, we still have to be a holding pattern because again, just saying six hubs, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think the league would want to go that route because they know the business is dead at that point. If you yep. try and do that. Yeah. That's you know? just giving up in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel what you mean. And that if they're really just like, here, make this a hub, make this the USFL with XFL rules. It's not going to work. You'll get some of those fans, right. but it's not going to translate. You have it has to be the great collective, like I yep. said, merger merger of equals, and you can't and yeah, excluding a whole fan base. Like at that point, that's where we all say, what's the point? The USFL might mm -hmm. as well just go do its normal thing, yep, exactly. and the XFL might as well just go back and try itself. Like exactly, that's where I'd be like, no, just make, just leave the USFL alone. Like yeah, I'd be like, go home XFL, go start planning your stuff. This is basically the same thing, but we're just both adding extra PR pressure to ourselves when we do that now. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, any flaw in this product next year is going to be seen. Any flaw, any it's a lot negative. more pressure with a merger yep. like this, you know? A lot to a lot of a lot of things to succeed on you want. So, yeah. Let's go with two more questions and then we'll hop off. Sound good? Or statements Absolutely. and questions. Yeah, I think no, that sounds good to me. Cool, cool. Appreciate you again coming on today, man. It's it's been oh, great, really it's insightful. Been yeah, yeah, it's a good conversation. Oh, you're, you're you're a great conversationalist. I I love this chat. So appreciate that. Really thrilled. All right, let's go back to Brahma, babe. I get growth and wanting to build a bigger product. I'm all for that, but doing it fast and sloppy doesn't present a stable product. Cities like San Antonio are working against the stigma of being screwed by a previous team, Commanders with the AAF. Many fans this season didn't trust XFL, therefore didn't bite. I believe that in San Antonio. And that's 
when you go, you can see that that city would rally behind that team. But there's a big stigma that hey, it's spring football. They may well, leave again. Right. Oh, I mean, San Antonio. I mean, there's. I mean, if we list like, if you gave me in like three or four cities off the top of cuff that are like staples of spring football history, and this is like the folks that are into this stuff, like Birmingham, Memphis. San Antonio, you know, those are really the big three. They've had tons of teams in their history, all various leagues, all have come and gone and have not worked. And the, I think San Antonio to me, like she, the, the point about the commanders, like that cannot be overstated. Like even when the Brahmas were being built up, the city still is reeling from the command and some business entities are reeling from the failures and mis guidance of the AAF the AAF good God it is still to this right haunting. now <laughs> haunting people that were involved with it like I don't know if this has been resolved but like last I checked it was just like either early in the spring or late fall I can't remember or late winter I can't remember which lawsuits are still being dealt with for the AAF for yep. some of the stuff that was left behind it has not been forgotten Especially San Antonio, I, I completely get in some regard, probably is not forgotten in terms of like officials and people that did get behind this that were hardcore fans of the commanders. They haven't forgot, you know, they had a team in their grasp that was in a, in a complete organization that was completely bankrupt of some accountability and bankrupt, at least in terms of, I think, competence in how it was run. So that does hurt. I also, I mean, you can add on, you know, wasn't a winning team, you know, which that's another argument I've heard from a few guys. Again, my buddies in San Antonio that love the Brahmas. A few of them say, well, San Antonio is a city that it only gets behind a true winner. And I'm like, maybe that is kind of true. I don't fully know people. You're free. Like Brahma baby, you're free to talk on that. But I think the AAF point, it's weird to say that because it's been four years now, but the AAF still kind of lingers and it still is a massive example of what the worst case scenario is for this going wrong with the wrong people in charge. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yep. <clears throat> so that is a bit of a factor there because I, I probably believe in San Antonio as a market. I was shocked that post week one, the numbers fell so hard as they did, even with the performance of the team. And I still believe in that market even after this past year. She said the stink definitely lingers. <clears throat> there you go. You know, and I mean, if you, folks that live there will know the most. That's the thing. Especially definitely. if you're in touch with your community, you'll know. Definitely. You'll definitely know. And she said our schedule was crappy. Yeah. There were a few of those late games, too. I'm not going to lie. You know, I bet Seattle fans can argue that even more so, too, given how that was. You know. <laughs> Man, it, in terms of people like Brahma Babe, she's another super fan. I don't know if I told you about her necessarily. She's right there with the Predator couple, except she's in San Antonio. No, I've seen her on broadcast too. I, I recognize the horns. Yep, yep. Yeah, I definitely know who she who she is. And I mean, in that, I know that at least in a few hours of the collective group, I believe uh, Jorge as well is one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like I said, they're, they're dedicated good guys out there. Like, and some of these are also cross fans with the with the Gunslingers, by the way, in that arena team. Yep. You know, that's a good group of folks that love alternative football. You know, it just 
the whole situation around the AAF with that lingering stink sucks, though. And that's going to take some time, you know. Hope, And that's where I'm like, with this merger, you keep San Antonio in some perspective. Again, the hub situation makes it iffy, but we got away on, the, on to me more details that would be revealed. But, like, say the hypothesized, like, flyout scenario or whatever. Like, keep building there, you know. Like, just keep showing. And this is what I tell Birmingham fans, too. Like, keep showing you're still there. Because even Birmingham, remember, AAF City, you know, they were still a reasonable audience, not as good as the gun, as the commanders, but they were still pretty good. They were one of the top, one of the upper tier teams in attendance in the AAF, but they got burned as well. And I keep telling people, and even when I talk with folks that are fans in Birmingham that I am good buddies with, keep coming back, keep showing the community, hey, this isn't a joke. We're serious. We aren't leaving. We are permanent mainstay of this community. We are not fly-by-night. We are not the same story you have seen if you read up on spring football. We are to stay. And you can only accomplish that with years built on each other of repetitive marketing, repetitive market engagement and impact and structure. San Antonio needs that. You know, that's what's going to be taken. You know, get to that year two in whatever capacity. I think I think they do a good job at that now. They have their own their own fan show. Uh, yeah, Horns Forward podcast. It's pretty successful amongst the fans and people there. They do fundraisers. They're in events. They're having meetings. They just wrapped up a meeting. I don't know the details of exactly. Mike, if you're listening, if you want to shoot me those details, I'll read them out loud if I can. Um, but they had a meeting with someone within admin on the actual team. So. Okay. <clears throat> Got some fan feedback. They got some responses and such. And I believe it was like yesterday or today or something. I, I can't remember exactly, but I try not to get involved in too many things that I can't keep up with. It'd be fa- yeah, it'd be fascinating <laughs> to see what, if anyone, if you can't even share anything, because I know some of those, like, uh, I know for, I know like some of those groups, even like Birmingham, you know, with their horseman group, like that's connected with the league. So like you can't. Like they can share stuff with those guys, but exactly they kind of can't share it with everyone else because then you get in hot water and no one wants to lose that relationship. So, you know, Hey, if it's shareable, it'd be, I'd be cool to listen to it too. But yeah, I mean, that's, Hey, if not, I, under, I, I understand. Oh, not understand. for public consumption. Apologies. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Keep, keep your NDA then don't, don't do yep. it because we asked well, I don't know either. I just heard the rumors, so that's that's the thing about it. I mean, I yeah. these are things I saw in that group also, so it's not like, you know, it, 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 I just know what I read. And Yeah, yeah. I feel uh, like anyway, let's move on. Awkward topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, two more, two more points, and they're both from the Predator couple, okay? All right. First one, we were just talking about uh, San Antonio, and this fits right in. And now that the XFL is doing this, the trust you wanted to create is out the window. And you have done nothing but create mistrust and a complete uneasy feeling. I mean, he's hit the nail on the head. I mean, Mm. especially if you're talking about your group or your team being taken out. I can't imagine how that feels. Yeah. One year. I think that's what it all would stem back to is, you know, for that side specifically, it's been one year with the new ownership. Like, that's where if you're like, you know, predator couple here and you're going, 
what the hell? We just came back for one season and now we're doing this, you know, and you're putting that back on it where I have to sit in this like gray area until things are locked up. Like, yeah, that's uneasy as all God for somebody, you know, <laughs> I'd be in the same boat. I'd be like, Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, you know, but I, my best advice, I mean, best advice we all have is I guess all you can do is ride out the storm and you hope that the best of both worlds show up to run the operation. Like, you know, USFL guys, they'll tell you up and down. You know, if Moose Johnson isn't involved with this, well, that's not going to help anything at all. You know, if I imagine for the XFL, if, like, you didn't hear Russ Brandon's name, like, if Russ Brandon somehow isn't part of it, that might bring some XFL people to raise a red flag. Well, wait a minute. Russ Brandon is essentially what Moose is. So you're telling me Moose is here, but Russ is not? Or, like, if Mark Ross wasn't there, you know? Um, I mean, then you get down in the weeds, like, for example, like, oh, well, we want Jim Pop on the US. Well, oh, we want Doug Whaley. I don't know about that. But like, <laughs> you want like the best leaders. Okay. Like, that's where you're sitting in the, and you're hoping, like, yes, I'm, gr- I am also grumble, grumble. This has been a year. Why the hell are we doing this? But on the same time, like, as long as they bring the best people, you, you hope to have that amount of faith is all that matters, you know? it still stinks because no one wants to sit in that gray area after a year. Again, key part, a year, one season. It's a valid point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a a super valid point, especially Mm -hmm. for someone like the predator couple. I mean, they organize a lot of tailgates events. They keep a lot of the fan engagement going with the tailgating groups and such. So you can Mm -hmm. see this, the investment they have in it, time and money. Effort. I do want to see if we put a fan, if someone puts a fan poll out, like how many people in like, if you do it a general, like, especially if XFL, USFL fan, the XFL, USFL fan page on Facebook has like upwards of like 10,000 plus members. I would love to see a poll of, would you support a Houston team period? Like, don't even mention the gamblers. Don't even mention the roughnecks. Just say, no matter what happens, are you in or are you out? No matter the brand. Like, that's what I'd be fascinated by just on that market because that will show the loyalty to the city or the brand loyalty, you know? Understood. Because, like, Fred Couple, I know you can see they're, they're Houston, like, Roughnecks fans. But if the Gamblers, as reported, take over, do they support the Gamblers and set up these things for the Gamblers? And do you buy the merch and re-up on that? Which is a cost commitment for the merch, you know? But it is technically with part of the ownership that was the roughnecks. So it's a fascinating question. I actually want to see that poll happen. I might post it myself after this or tomorrow morning when there's more people awake, because I want to see like, that's the thing. Like, do you support the city or do you support the brand that you liked that was associated with the city? You know, know, I wasn't going to click this one, but I'm going to, since we're already talking about it, should the gamblers and roughnecks combine some players, coaches, and staff. I saw this one come up while we were talking. Ah, that's a tough question. And you're, and I mean, it would, it would fit with the consolidation method, but the hard part is who stays yep. is the deal, yep. you know? Cause uh, I mean, yeah, like Wade Phillips is going to probably fit better in the community, you know, <sighs> but I mean, that's a that's tough a one. T- that's a yeah. really tough one, yeah. you know? There's a and lot of questionable the things there. Roster, who yep. won the, the division, who was not in the playoffs to use in a row. I get, yeah. We know who tough. the stars are of each team. Yep. 
at, at mm-hmm. who the most important players are on those teams. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, as a Roughnecks fan, we lost the most important, and that was John Trey Kirkland. He is now, mm. you know, practice squad for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. That was one of the best wide receivers in the game of XFL, mm. in my opinion. Yes, he was, man. That was a good one. I have really good talent, talent as well. Ooh, XFL Mike G here said, message me about that poll. So I, I definitely want to see that poll because, like, I think that'll be telling, like, what the realisticness of just Houston, if there's a switch to happen, would be, you know. But agreed, yeah, agreed. That 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 Carlos that Carlos comment or question is very that's that's a tricky one. It's so know? tough. Carlos and, got the good questions, man. Yeah. Well, it plays into uh, ITL's talk about how you might see a skew on stabs, you know. Which keep in mind, I mean, I don't. I'm bringing this up because of the fact that it is going to be part of that discussion is you know also what might be the less expensive staff exactly Um, is that what we're asking at the end of the day it's the important part of it because i'll be honest i mean you probably know this i am certainly sure i know this the some of those xfl head coaches got paid uh some Mm -hmm. good money Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is going to i think be like okay how how valuable is that name for a cost thing you know and you know, how many can we keep? How many we can't? Like, ah, I could go into a rabbit hole about that. But Same. You know, same. Yeah. We could spend 30 yeah. minutes on that topic, I think. Just <laughs> right. r- r- have three or four things in my head and ready to come out right now. <laughs> I know, right? But anyway, we've been on here for two hours and 23 minutes. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's a this good is a- combo. I'm, I'm so thrilled I got to sit on here tonight. I'm glad it's you like, came, man. Seriously. This is, this is the perfect entry to my weekend. Like, this is the beginning of my work weekend, so thank you. You're very welcome, and I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I, I know for a fact that you've helped put not only a, 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 a map on all this, but we're connecting two fan bases, whether we know it right. or not. And then I know that. So that's one of the most important things to me. I've had all kinds of XFL folks on here. I mean, I've had – IFL players I've had I've had people recruiting I've had I've had all kinds of stuff but you are the first USFL only guy that I've really had on here well, thank so you that's that it, it, it's unfortunate that the times brought us here but I'm glad and I, I really value your expertise and your knowledge it's really went a long it. way tonight man I really do appreciate that you know and that that is very that means a lot I I, I can tell you i one of the most rewarding things I've had in my life is becoming a fan of spring football. Um, you know, and that's just fandom, you know, and, and something that I love, I love meeting people in the communities here. I love meeting new folks and new friendly faces and people that express the same thing. It's fun to have a good interest in something like this. And one that I think is really great because I think, you know, it's not just us fans that want it, you know, the industry wants it too. another league, another avenue to watch and have people develop their football skills. Well, we get to watch more of the, of the best sport in the world. Exactly. And, and I will, I mean that in full sincerity. It, this is the best foot sport in the world, the best team sport in the world. You know, I get to see, and I get a better possibility, especially this year. I get to watch basically 24 seven of my favorite sport. Yeah. There's some variation. I know CFL, if you like it or not, you know, arena, if you like it or not, but like I get 365. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, sir. You know, even through all the discourse that we have as fans of these leagues, which I hate 
so much because it's still football. It's a beautiful thing that we get to watch this football. And we hope we, and we should see to get to continue it next Agreed. next spring in some way. So it's going to look way different, my friend, but will. I think with what's happened so far, I'm confident that we're going to piece this together. One, one podcast at a time, one game at a time, one tailgate at a time. I mean, I think we're, we're going to be okay in the most part. It, yeah. It's it's hard embracing change and any kind of change in your life, and it's yeah, got to ride the storm, you know. But exactly. I think when, as us fans, we'll we'll all come through this, hopefully for the better. And those that do lose teams, we will accommodate them well, openly, exactly. and hope for the best for them. Because I do, I do think that's what good fandom does, you know, yes, especially sir. for how this is looking to turn out. Yes, sir. Agreed. Agreed. You're gonna have to hold me after I find out. If they get rid of the roughnecks, you'll have to give me some and, cuddles, and make me I'll, feel better. I'll let my, uh, I'll let my co-host come on here and he'll mail you a uh, gambler's hat and say, all in, baby. All in. I hope he sees that clip, by the way. I watched I, the show today. I hope to God he sees that. I have been trying my best to, to mimic him. All in, baby. <laughs> I saw it today. I was like, man, I love the energy. That's, that's it, baby. Give it to me. I listened to the whole thing. It was a good show. All right, last comment, and then we're going to roll out of here, okay? This one's kind of long, but it's funny. Damn. <laughs> this is a long it's, one. Sorry, I had to laugh. You're good. You're good. It's, I read this one already online, but it's funny. I'm just going to start kind of in the middle. I heard that yeah. the XFL and USFL are scraping all the teams. The first season, they're going to let AI create all new teams from randomly picked cities, and all citizens are eligible to play. The following mm-hmm. season, 2025, the top winners in all fantasy football leagues will play the players they picked in the previous season. If two or more teams pick the player, they will enter the Thunderdome, and whoever walks out <laughs> alive will get that. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Fan theories, and you know, to be honest with you, this one's far fetched, and this is this is they're they're trying to be funny. They're they're doing some comedic stuff here, but if you actually get on there and start looking it up, dude, there is some crazy stuff going on on that in 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 general that people have created divisions and and teams and yeah. mascots and names and things that I never thought would be possible from four articles and a couple podcasts. Just, yeah, it just shows you how much people care. You know, I agree. Well, it's just. Just how much, you know, I think it is a little bit fun. Like it is in terms of, I think, the speculation for this. You know, I'm not saying it's like all down and out. Like it is, there is some downers in terms of what could happen. But like on the flip side, if you're laughing through the pain, that's kind of like the dealing is like, all right, well, here's what I think this is going to be. And let's have fun chatting about it. But I do like, I'll be honest in that situation. I love fantasy football, but I would actively I would actively try and uh, tank every year if that was the end result. Was oh, I have to go play in the Thunderdome now? Gee, I guess I'll just put like everyone on my bench, and you know, maybe like a few on the IR. <laughs> it's all coming down to this championship game, huh? Damn, be- I didn't change my roster that day. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> You could be like me and take Aaron Rodgers in the seventh round, and then, yeah, that wasn't the best best actions. But yeah, uh, you can't predict that. You know, that's all. That's it. You, you can't predict a torn ACL on we on the first drive of the first game. 
<laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, Zach, man. It really has. And I appreciate you again for coming on. Um, hopefully we meet up again along the way and, and have some chats. And as we see, I'm sure if things change, we're both going to be going through some rebranding ourselves along these, this trek. And, Right. I, I wish, I wish for, for you the best. And, uh, I do hope we get to sit down and chat at some point. Uh, maybe flip this bad boy around. Cause I mean, you know, we, I would say if we're walking through merging waters, it'd be nice to get on the USFL podcast and XFL voice. So, you know, I would say that is something I would love to have. So anything you need, man, just let yeah, me know. Keep your DMS open is what yes, I'd sir. Like to tell you. They yeah. are. And by the way, by the way, my I if you want, I think here's a good suggestion if you want more USFL side of it. I know James Larson will sit down for a chat with you. I'm actually waiting on him right now. Um, I I know he will. He he loves jumping on these shows. So he's been on here before. Yeah. He just didn't have time. He was busy right now this weekend. I tried to get him on this weekend, and uh, he was busy. We were kind of waiting. I got you on. Invited him to actually join us. But he he was he's visiting uh, family. He's he's not home. So as soon as he gets back, I'll get him on as well and get that USFL thought knowledge process rolling on here too. Because I mean, he is a great one, and I like him too because he's dual. I can talk to him about mm-hmm. both. He doesn't really. I mean, he's got somewhat of a bias, but in terms of actually what's going on and players, great person to talk to. Great oh, insight. Yeah. Great personality as well. I mean, it, I, can't say anything can, bad about him. I can speak to this from just being in person, us interacting. The drive this kid has, um, and I say this because he's he is definitely younger than me, um, but the drive this kid has is is impeccable. Like it really, a really razor focused person that is is really is passionate about what he is covering, and especially about the journalistic integrity of how he is covering it. So. Yeah, definitely someone, and this is for everyone in here too. If you, even if you for some reason haven't heard about James, I, I imagine most of you have now. But like, if you haven't now, check out James Larson's coverage, especially on X. He he's basically on at minimum, at minimum on par with Mike Mitchell for a yeah. guy you want to have on your like almost on your notifications tab every day if you want yeah, to follow this stuff. So I agree, hundred percent news breaks i mean and and they're all interactive it gives you enough information to if you're not familiar with what he's presenting he gives you what you need to understand exactly so very 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 good resource for anything spring football in my opinion but hey man once again i appreciate you you're the man i appreciate you coming on right after work heck you got off work and you jumped right on here and you've been on here for Two hours, right. thirty minutes. You're damn right. I got I got into my door, and that was it. I came straight to the computer, got set up, and I'm here. You know, and now I'm gonna go and find some grub to eat, and probably have a nice nap. Football tomorrow. Yes, sir. Bears. Hopefully, I hope to God they're not a mess like they were this week. But <laughs> no comment. No comment. Th- this is a great <laughs> distraction from my Bears fandom. I, I gotta be. I gotta say. <laughs> oh, I bet it is, sir. I it bet is it absolutely is. Absolutely the best. <laughs> Anyway, man, it's been fun. I really appreciate it. This has been one of my most favorite shows, I think. So uh, thank that, you again. That, that is flattering. Thank you. <laughs> really. It's 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 always good to get people on when we're not. The conversation isn't forced. We're just talking. I mean, this is how I would talk to you in person about all these. This things is how a podcast well. should be, by the way. Like, exactly. You, you should if you want knowledge, but like you 
you want to be able to talk. Robotic ones. It, it's hard to not be robotic. Yeah, it's practice. You're doing good. Keep it up. I appreciate that, sir. I'm, I'm, Matt, I'm glad, glad to have jumped on here. Yep. We'll see you again, I know. And Absolutely good luck and will. however things change, sir. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> see you on the other side. We'll meet up. Hey, we'll meet up at the combined exit. Don't worry. I just I got I lost him going through the security checkpoint, but we'll see each other on the opposite. Some end. point. <laughs> Take it TSA easy, Zach, man. Appreciate <laughs> you so much, brother. Thank you. Oh man. Appreciate that so much. I'll put all his notes and stuff at the bottom. Check him out. If you don't know who he is, I'm sure you will soon. Uh, the USFL podcast is pretty big amongst the USFL fans, and there's a reason why. So check that out. It's been a pleasure, guys. I'm tired. It's 1239 here in Mississippi, and it's time for me to hit the hay. So it, I hope we gave you some stuff to think about and gave you some things that uh, – to consider that weren't biased and it doesn't piss you off. My goal here wasn't to make anybody mad. I really just wanted to give people a resource to figure this out. And I hope we did that tonight. <clears throat> As always, appreciate XFL board and the XFL for letting me cover the league. XFL board, just post us on our site. Uh, get, I can do some documents and, and write some stuff and put them on there as well. I just haven't had enough time. Uh, but they're a good site to check out, xflboard.com. And then XFL, once again, thank you for letting me cover. Hopefully, we'll be continuing the coverage next season, I guess, whatever we're looking at. Uh, we'll be here. The show itself, we're going to embrace the change. I'm not sure what it's going to include, and I'm not sure where we'll end up, but we're going to embrace the change. I found that this this spring football and, and the fandom here, it doesn't just go with the XFL or USFL. There's many, many more things going on to talk about. There's recruits and athletes and coaches and player personnel, and there's so much that you can talk about and really understand that you don't see on the fan side. So that's really what my goal is here. I hope to continue coverage with everything like normal, but if not, something will come out of it that may be a little different. We'll see. But either way, appreciate you guys greatly. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. It's been a pleasure, and I hope to see you all the 26th for Ball Hawk 1. Till next time, guys. Have a good night.